Everyone, listen up. Gypsy Danger, report to Bay 08, level A42. Pilots, ready to connect. Jake, your father always said he wanted you to be a pilot. He said a lot of things. I'm not a hero like he was. I'm not going to be stuck waiting for someone else to come save my ass. This is our time to make a difference. You better gear up. All right, Marco. Get ready. No this is for real! Initiating. Today, who's that, Yamarashi? Oh, this little kaiju? The edge of our hope. You know he was one of the biggest Category 3s ever? The end of our time. There's 2,500 tons of awesome. We've chosen not only to believe in ourselves, each other. What do we do? We fight! That's what I'm talking about! Today we face the monsters that are at our door. See, the first wave, that was just the hounds. Categories 1 to 4 away was nothing. And we're in the fight to them. The second wave, that is the exterminators. And they will finish the job. Let's go fishing. Let's say it with me, my man. We're going to own this bad boy. All right, Joe, we are going to own this thing for sure. <laughs> Today we are canceling the apocalypse. Welcome to the Shatterdome. Greetings everyone, and welcome to episode 1 of The Shatterdome, your weekly source and all-encompassing central hub for in-depth, long-form discussion, speculation, and analysis on the multifaceted and unique universe of Pacific Rim. I am your regular host, Albert, and today I am joined by my co-host, Rico. Introduce yourself, Rico. Hey everyone, I'm Rico. I have nothing important about <laughs> me, that's my life. <laughs> To well, to me personally, to me personally, um, Soriko is one of the most fascinating people I've ever met. Certainly, a unique individual who we are going to have some fun in our first episode exploring and actually introducing ourselves. Because listeners, this is our first official first meeting. Um, so I decided to switch it up a little bit. Uh, usually, with um, when I start um, get a podcast started, I uh, I sort of um, you do a bit of pre calling and everything. But there's something about Pacific Rim that there's just a known and shared language. So we'll dive into that um, soon enough. So, but um, I was going to say for our new listeners, which is everyone, because this, this is our first episode, The Shatterdome is a Pacific Rim podcast that is, much like the in-universe facility of the same name, a central HQ for Jaeger and Kaiju research, including coverage and commentary on the latest news, chronicling the growth of Pacific Rim in all forms of media, including film, TV, merch, games, and literature, interviews with the Pacific Rim community and the creators themselves, deep dives into the characters, technology, and creatures, explorations, and explanations of Pacific Rim lore, and much, much more. With that regular rundown out of the way, let's get the show started. So what is your Pacific Rim story, Rico? How did you sort of first come into contact with the film and, and uh, what does it mean to you personally? All right, so uh, I really loved Kaiju before knowing about Pacific Rim. Mm -hmm. I was on YouTube watching videos 
I don't remember of what. And an ad for Pacific Rim played before the video. And I fell in love. <laughs> nice. Because I saw giant monsters fighting giant robots. <laughs> what? What's not to love? What isn't to love exactly? I have a very similar experience. Uh, you know, I had followed a bit of the development um, because I think I was aware of uh, Guillermo del Toro through the Hellboy movies, and um, so I sort of developed an affinity for his work there. But I was never an outright Guillermo del Toro fan. Um, but when I started hearing the first rumblings of this uh, this story, it, it like I was in a, a point in my life where I wish I could have gotten into a Jaeger and just like knocked all of my problems out of my life. Uh, it was a very horrible relationship I was in and uh, I started seeing these little rumors, these trailers and everything and when I saw that first trailer it just knocked me dead. Um, I believe it was uh, either late 2011 or early 2012 or something like that. Like it, When I go on YouTube it says like five years ago but uh, um, what was your favorite part of the, uh, of the trailer? Uh, I'm assuming obviously the first one is um, where you hear the GLaDOS voice and everything. Yes, yeah, so what was the favorite part of that trailer for you? Maybe when Professor appeared in the in the trailer. Oh yeah, yeah, cool. cool. I don't know. I love that Yeah, <laughs> that's it. This is actually, this is, listeners, uh, you may have picked up between uh, Rico and I, there's a, there's a, I think, in a, in a healthy way, and a really uh, interesting way, a, um, a difference of personality. And I really find it always more interesting when someone actually has, um, uh, yeah, like a, not a clashing energy, but someone that has a, a different viewpoint. And this is what interested me. Um, uh, I, I suppose I'll tell the story of our listeners why, why I, I ended up contacting you. So Rico is, um, I had seen a, a lot of, um, uh, uh, you know, doubt and a lot of skepticism as to how Pacific Rim Uprising mm. was going to do. Um, and I was going through the Reddit, and this is back when the Reddit, we hadn't reached 6,000 subs yet, which, by the way, congratulations, 6,000 subs. Well done, everyone. Yay. Um, yay. And thank you for making that amazing banner, um, dude. I really love that banner. Fantastic. Um, Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And so let's just say um, that the thread was taking a bit of a negative turn and I just saw this lengthy but also incredibly articulate, very well put together defense of the movie that acknowledged some of the shortcomings but then uh, essentially like appeased the doubts and addressed um, all the concerns point by point in a non, uh, no projection, no fanboying, no, it was an extremely intelligent and articulate reply and I was like, this is my co-host. This Sirico guy, I need to get this guy on the show. Yeah, and so um, we've had, uh, as as you saw, you know, uh, Rico put together the um, the the the, uh, the the it's like when we delayed to the the fifth of March instead of um, going end of February. So he's been putting that together. He's um, been super awesomely active on the um, on the subreddit as well, and definitely a kindred spirit from uh, from another area of the world. And um, I just figured let's do this, and he was very graciously. Um, able to jump on and, and with this and, but uh it has been a bit of a journey to to getting the recording started would you agree oh yeah <laughs> i apologize yeah. i apologize if i ever tasted your patience or, or i i created misunderstanding i do apologize uh, recovery. Nah. i really do yeah That's so good all good all good fantastic so um tell me what is the first thing that has like the main thing that has you excited about uprising man uh the kaiju. Yes, me too. I, I want to learn more about the kaiju, the antiverse, mm. the precursors. Yes, that's right. Speaking of which, um, 
because there's been buzz about spoilers and stuff, and I figured we would get um, this yeah. sort of yeah established at the start of the show. So, listeners, um, we were thinking of basically having different sections where maybe I'll have like a, a, a Jaeger siren sound or something to signal that we'll dive into spoilers. But I've accepted now, Sudiko. I've I've done the the conditioning. I've meditated. I've I've accepted that if I come across anything and if you say anything, I'm I'm fine. It's okay. So I've come up with three tiers of spoilers. One is trailer spoilers, which is things that you see in the trailer. Uh, two is um, clip spoilers, so things that you've probably seen in clips. And then the third, probably the strongest spoiler, is the track listing, which I think you've seen, haven't you? Yes, I have. Okay. Um, so, I'll, and I'll be very gentle here. I'll walk on the eggshells. Um, uh, would you say that the track listing, quote-unquote, spoiled the whole movie for you or anything like that? Um, it didn't really spoil anything that okay. we didn't know already. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, that's different than what I've heard. I um, now I suppose. Except um, yeah. Oh, yeah, go. maybe the last, the last scene. That may be a bit. Okay. Spoilery. Okay. All right. Well, maybe we'll uh, for now for the for the time being we'll maybe stay away from that for sure. But um, but everything I... else is things that we knew already, like yeah. the one called Obsidian Fury. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's right. I am incredibly intrigued by Obsidian Fury. And um, uh, listeners, if you've maybe checked out the Instagram, which, again, ridiculously cool. Um, we have uh, over 100 uh, followers on the Instagram before even our first episode came out, which was... It just shows you... And, Rudiko, would you agree with me that it's like it's just a symptom of, of this silent majority of people who have been looking forward to and have been supporting this film, wouldn't you say? Yep. Definitely, definitely. So, um, I ha actually, I mean, as I've been throwing them to you now, I'm thinking of my my sort of side is uh, my main thing that I'm excited as well as <laughs> I need me, I need me my <laughs> my Raijin. My God, I, I, the, the kaiju, nah, dude, the kaiju are so strong in this movie. They're so, they have such oh, yeah. strong silhouettes. I swear, like, Hakuja looks like something out of, like, a, a Japanese wood carving. Like, it's so, oh, it's yeah. so timeless. Um, uh, so you're all about the, the Shrike Thorn as well. That, it's a shame that we only see him getting beaten up yeah. <laughs> by the Jaeger. That's yeah. right. Um, okay, well, alright, you know what, we need to be easy on ourselves about spoilers because you and me, we just need to be honest, like, again, listeners, you know, it's if you're listening to a Pacific Rim podcast and you don't want spoilers, it's it's a bit counterintuitive. You're walking on eggshells already because you've read the descriptions, haven't you, of, of the uh, of the kaiju, right? Mm. I love that. I I love Hakuja's like thing. Like Raijin obviously has the, the lightning, right? But Hakuja's uh, thing is yeah. fucking badass. It is so good. Like what is it? What is it? Lava blood? It's like get the fuck out. That's so yeah, amazing. Molten lava blood. Oh my god, <laughs> that is so good. Uh, and it's like scuttling. It's like on all fours. And um, I think it is. Maybe only two other uh, kaiju have been on all fours, if I remember. We have Leatherback. Even though he can technically rear up on his rear legs, but um, yeah, yeah. What was your favorite of the uh, the original film, Kaiju Buddy? Maybe Otachi. Otachi, yeah, super versatile. Otachi, 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 Mustachio, Mustachi, Mustachi, Um For me, I know. I was a big Slatin guy for a while. I just thought it was like the most mental, crazy-looking thing. But um, I like I can't I. 
there's no other for me but uh in the first film it's it's all about um knifehead uh knifehead is just like it's so iconic and um uh and i think it was like one of like guillermo's babies like he, he spent a, a bit of quite a bit of time massaging it and i think leatherback as well um is like he uh, like uh, in the spe- in the behind the scenes you hear Guillermo del toro talking about um how like he's like i'm fat believe me i know how to animate this creature like for me getting out of the bathtub is really really hard so you need to put some more jiggle on that belly i'm like okay <laughs> yeah so good um okay well you know what listeners i figured we'd let you know that we're not just completely like freeform rambling about Pacific Rim. We actually do have a structure, so I will get to that here. Um, so every week we're going to, um, uh, Rico and I are going to dial each other and, uh, and, and speak. Um, 10 p.m. Sundays is our recording time. We've sort of um, determined, which is really good. Um, and so, yeah, on each episode, we'll do a kind of catch up and which we're sort of in the middle of now. So that's our first section. Um, then we'll have an overview of what we're going to um, dive into. So for this premiere episode, it's all about just the basics of like, um, you know, we'll, we'll dive into each other's like Pacific Rim stories a bit more and like what we think of you know um, uprising and such and then number three we have news so uh, we look at all the latest headlines and reveal and and reveals and sort of speculate and discuss away um after that we have the reddit rundown so we both open up the reddit which is both where you know rico Rico and i met and where we sort of are very active there so um we'll have a look through and sort of maybe shout out a few um, high effort creators that uh, um that you've um yeah like either rick or i have have spotted um then we'll pick one of them um one of them each and we'll just dive into that one particularly uh for a like a subject matter so like a reddit readout is what i call it so i'll pick one and and we'll dive into that like deep and then we'll use it use that as a guideline for discussion um and then we'll have our main topic which for us is essentially like we'll expand on what pacific Rim means um for us and what our hopes are for uprising and then we have closing comments and then the sign off so Amazing. So back to catch up. So it has been a very, very active couple past weeks, hasn't it, Sirico? How has your week been in um, Pacific Rim and uh, all things to do with it? Uh, it's been pretty, pretty crazy this week. So Lot of crazy. Mm, that's right. Switch, talk talk news, about yeah. Talk about anything, man. Something that I something that I can talk about right now oh, you know already. Of course, which I do know already I feel very privileged but it's a little tease to the listeners uh, something very cool but um, Rico will tell you all in his own time I won't uh, step on his toes there um, we also have um, the post that I made I think it was a uh, couple days ago where I said we're about to record and then we actually had a few people who uh, fielded us some questions. That's right. So I'm just looking on the Reddit frantically here and making sure... I found it already. Oh, he's so active. Okay, so um, if you could kindly read um, uh, Sirico uh, the first question that we have had. Alright, so first uh, from user Big Salmon, what's Raleigh been up to in the last 10 years? I heard he became a small business owner. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So I will feel that. Well, if you want me to answer, I can go first, or would you like to go first, Sirico? You can go first. Fantastic. So, so if that's, uh, I mean, I obviously clearly don't know, but if I were to speculate, um, I think a tidy way to sort of um, tie up his loose end would be to say that he 
perhaps passed away heroically the same way that Pentecost did in some intervening Jaeger conflict, that would be super heroic. And um, we have heard rumors of there was a competition recently, um, I think it was something like the Hall of Heroes or something, where uh, there's going to be. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So holograms apparently in like some scene where we'll see like heroic holograms of like uh, past pilots. And I think that that's how we're going to see that. Um, we're going to see Raleigh in some way. Um, in the film probably yeah that's kind of my thought and possibly or Michael yes that's right and sort of see him uh, maybe I think something super heroic would be really great but uh, what do you think uh, Sirico how how do you think what do you think he's doing now yeah I think he passed away as well yeah not sure with what yeah that's right maybe ooh anything possibly to do with um, oh and actually then then again um, you know Gypsy Avenger Gypsy, Gypsy Danger does. Maybe he had some uh, um, side effects from the Antiverse. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Okay, so the second question we have is from user Pickle Surprise. He says, How do you feel about the apparent change in style between the first film and Uprising? I've seen some people say the trailers for the new movie look too cartoony, but personally, I don't really mind it. Um, I hand this to you. In fact, this is the reason why you and I met, uh, Sirico, when you spoke about this in your yep. long comment. So please go ahead. Uh... I think I personally don't mind it as well. Okay. I, it feels like Power Rangers, like a lot of people have been saying. Yeah. But they say that as if it was a bad thing. <laughs> what is it exactly? Think, I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah, I agree. I, I didn't really like last year, Power yeah. Rangers movie. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. this. In my opinion, could be our first good Power Rangers movie. <laughs> in a, in a, absolutely, absolutely agreed. In fact, the way that they, there's that one of the latest trailers is when it's like that. Y'all, y'all remember me? You know, at the end, we see each of them, uh, you know, with the like giant mega kaiju in front of them, which is like, if they're each 300 or so, 350 foot tall, then that mega kaiju has to be somewhere like around the 500 foot tall mark. Um, and we see each of them sort of act like Saber Athena slaps her two swords together. Um, uh, Gypsy Avenger transforms its arm into the plasma blaster. Um, and or is it that the gravity sling? Uh, I think. Is... Uh, gravity sling, probably. Yeah. And so you brace a phoenix. And by the way, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. Slattern was 596 foot tall. Jesus so Christ. I believe that Mega Kaiju is a lot bigger. A lot bigger, yeah, let's say maybe in the 700 or so foot tall, which is on another level. And again, you know, now, again, I've... Maybe uh, a thousand foot tall. Ooh, that, I could see that happening for sure. Yeah. Um, how about that November, November Ajax, man? What the... That was, that was amazing. That was so incredible, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah, one thing I really missed, uh, and like that I didn't know that I missed, but until I saw, you know, Uprising so far, everything has been in the daylight, super visible, you know? Um, yep. And like just seeing a Jaeger, just straight up like standing proud. I mean, I remember in the intro oh, yeah. of the first oh. one, you saw Romeo Blue, but yeah, sorry to interrupt, go ahead. Uh, I remember that a lot of people complained mm. that the first Pacific Rim, it was very dark mm. and it had a lot of rain that's and right. you couldn't really make out things. Yeah, And right. now some of the same thing, people that complained about that are complaining that the movie is, <laughs> yeah. is too visible. Ah oh boy, you can never make people happy, can you, Rico? Nope. It's impossible. 
possible. So that's why you need to you need to do what Jumbo Yoga did and just say and just go for it. It's like I'm just gonna you know make the best expression of of my passion for this uh, film and, and this these ideas as I can and and run with that. And um, in the outro of our show, actually, you'll hear listeners. I have a couple of clips. Um, the first the intro is very much just about setting and pumping up the mood and everything. I hope you enjoyed that. By the way, I'd love to hear your feedback. Um, but on the end of the show, I actually have a bunch of clips uh, from Stephen tonight speaking about like his passion for like having grown up on Tokusatsu movies, you know, Ultraman and such, and Godzilla, um, and uh, and and yeah, obviously we'll hear Guillermo del Toro and John Boyega speak about it. But I think really, you just it's just about making it your own, you know. Um, yeah, like Sirico has you. You have your own personal relationship with this film, and even though we have obviously we see a lot of different viewpoints, like it has a special. Obviously, if you're on this podcast and you're as active as you are, it clearly has a special place in your life. So, um, how many times would you say you've seen the original film? Uh, all right. Let me think. <laughs> uh, I think I've seen it four, five times. Nice, nice. That's good. Yeah, I mean, you know, the more that I, I was going over it to obviously um, get the clips and such, and um, it, it really it's hitting home for me just how like uh, how like how close it is to me because like I similar to I mean I've probably seen something like Jurassic Park about like 50 times 50, maybe even 100 times oh, probably yeah. yeah and um now that i've been going through and like getting the podcast ready and everything it's just like 2000 like 3000 tons of awesome like it's just all the quotes are coming at me and um it's been really good so it'll be nice to have a whole other film as well to pull from when this one eventually comes out on blu-ray and stuff and yeah that's right also randomly i just noticed guardian bravo has perfect ultraman coloring like how have i not noticed that until now mm. like the red and the gray that's crazy yeah. yeah a little bit of a, a color tribute to the like original um jaeger which is if you think about it ultraman you know mm. it's pretty crazy right unless i'm getting brace of phoenix and no no brace of phoenix is the big guy with the big rock uh, wrecking ball correct uh brace of phoenix Yes. Yeah. And when I think and of Brace of... Oh, yes. Titan Redeemer, Gals. Titan Redeemer. Yeah, see, I, I always get Titan Redeemer, Brace of Phoenix, and um, Guardian Bravo confused, so... Yeah. Oh, we'll get there. It's it's still brand new, you know? So we're still figuring it out. Yeah. So, um, okay, let's think about, like, some... I'll, actually, I'll go back to the questions. So, um, do you want to take uh, this next one? one? Yep, yep, go ahead. What's your favorite... Jaeger design and why? Okay, well, I'll, you, you go right ahead, uh, Rico. Right. So, my favorite Jaeger design is is from Uprising. I didn't really care about Jaegers, really. Okay. I was more yeah. of a Pacific Rim fan because of the kaiju. Yeah, me, me and Rico just, are definitely just kaiju love people. Giant monsters. <laughs> Absolutely, me too. For sure. I'm a kaiju groupie. Yeah, I'm a kaiju groupie. Yeah, kaiju groupie. High five. That's it. We should, we almost okay, call this. <laughs> yeah, boy. We almost called this one the kaiju cast, but I think kaiju cast already exists somewhere. But yeah, there's a design that I really like from Uprising, mm. which is Obsidian Obsidian Fury. Oh, what it's, is up with that? It's, it's so, so incredible. So slick. Yeah. So tall, so imposing, yeah. and black, mm. black and orange. But the colors of danger in like yeah. nature, you see like snakes have black and orange coloring. It means they're like yep. super venomous. Yeah, go ahead, man. He's it, it, so cool <laughs> and so villainous. I know with those twin chain blades. It's so good, yeah. 
So good. Um, okay, well, um, it's funny, you know, I am like an abiding uh, Pacific Rim like person, like to the point where I think I've made it definitely known on the uh, on the Reddit where I've like posted the flyer that I created. Listeners, maybe if you um, aren't aware of the Reddit or um, didn't catch the post, I in 2013, I in leading up to the movie, I was like pretty much constantly on the Twitter with uh, with Travis Beecham having backwards and forths. Um, I was on his um, uh, Tumblr, which is uh, the principal fantastic, where if, even to this day, if you go there, go through the um, question section, like Travis drops a whole bunch of um, uh, official Pacific Rim lore that isn't listed in any of the books. So it's like a really worthwhile deep dive. But uh, so I did this and um, I put together a like a big diagram to sort of show um, Travis Beecham not to worry about the tracking because at the time the tracking was like in the favor of like Grown Ups 2 with like an Adam Sandler movie and Jesus I was just Christ. yeah I know. <laughs> how, how, how is this possible again? I know <laughs> I know, and I, I got I got so depressed, and I had to put this diagram together, and I put it, and I called it like the um, like the Hakusai wave. It was all like I'll I'll post a picture of it on the Reddit at one point, but it was like the I called it the tsunami, as in like S O O N, like soon we will see a tsunami of oh. like Pacific Rim, um, and the very fact that uprising exists is. It is a testament to the whole vibe and the whole kind of principle and moral and, and sort of the core essence of Pacific Rim, which is that it, it's this underdog story. And it was an underdog story for the film itself in real life. Um, it, it really had to fight for its right to exist, uh, you know, being not a sequel, not part of it, not an adaptation or a prequel or anything of a known property. It's a complete anomaly, Rico, that this movie was, that, that even happened. Like, it's a weird dimension yep. that you and I live in where this actually happened, let alone getting a sequel, you know? Holy shit. I believe, I want to believe, I hope, yes. that Pacific Rim was like the X-Men of the Kaiju movies. Ah, yes. Yes, the original 2001, which really kickstarted things, and I really, I really hope so. I agree with you. Movies, yeah, and I hope the same happens with Kaiju movies. Gosh, I hope so. I mean, we have Godzilla vs King Kong 2020, buddy. Yep, it's happening. I might even uh, come visit in Portugal. We'll make that happen. That'd be cool. Yeah, I've um, got all these plans for, um, you know, when eventual things like we've got Death Stranding podcast that uh, we're predicting a September 2019 release for that. And my co-hosts on that show, um, which, you know, interestingly, um, the concept designer for uh, Kojima, he did a poster for uh, Gypsy Danger um, for the promotional tour of Pacific Rim and the two films and the two creators, Hideo Kojima and Guillermo del Toro are very much like best friends. And so there's um, sort of DNA between them but uh yeah so on that show i've sort of promised like no no if if things uh like go the way we would like you know um it would be good to um actually meet up in person at one point for i like rico can you answer me a question why is there not a pacific rim like con like jaeger con like why isn't that a thing yet um who knows who knows <laughs> <laughs> really, yeah. I, I don't really know. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Also, uh, yeah, yeah, oh, go by, ahead. by the way, yeah. uh, I forgot to say the question oh, about yes. the favorite Jaeger design. Oh, yeah. was by user Akatsuki Kuro. Sorry if I No, that was good. Wrong. Akatsuki Kuro, 1998. Yeah, thanks for that. Oh, and, and so... Oh, yeah, go ahead. And what's your your favorite? Oh, mine. Mine, without a doubt, it's uh, 
Striker Eureka from uh, <laughs> from Perseverance. So that's the first one uh, from the first film. But I, I like this is this is I, I very much side on, on with with Surik. I'm very much a kaiju guy first. Um, Big time, um, and it was very much from the point of view of uh, like that was my entry point into wanting to see the films. Is like I really, really dig creature designs, and then the fact that the kaiju that like I've got like he heavily tattooed, and I design my own tattoos, and um, and there's like abstracts, and they sort of like they flow with the contours of the body. And then when I saw Knifehead for the first time, I'm like, holy shit, these fucking things have tattoos. They're like yellow, glowing. And their like mouths are glowing, and they're just the coolest fucking monsters ever. Yeah. Uh, also, um, Sirico, are you comfortable with swearing, or would you rather we didn't? Uh, it's up to you. Yeah. It's. If you want to. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fantastic. That's cool. Just checking with it. You know, it's important that you feel comfortable. I I just want. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's fine. You can do whatever you like, man. Uh, so yeah, so Striker Eureka for me from the first one, but the second is all about Saber Athena, which is she has um, been a bit a little bit controversial, but because of how acrobatic she is. Um, but I, yep. uh, in fact, you know, Rico, you you put a really um, uh, a cogent argument together about why her increase in speed and, and maneuverability is justified within the logic of the universe, within the increasing, um, you know, it's it's implied that uh, well we. We don't have too much of a clear idea whether or not there were many other kaiju attacks between, um, you know, the breach being sealed. Um, do you know anything like that? Maybe that's been revealed in any promo material that have we had mm. kaiju attacks between the last film and this, or? Um... Mm, oh, no. Okay. We okay. haven't. Ten years of peace. Ten years of peace, which somehow led yep. to um, maybe, yeah, possibly. It, it um, looks like that. Yeah, As yeah. As we've seen tra in trailer two, it, yeah. the bridge is reopened by yeah. the the hybrid. Yeah, yeah. That's right. They sort of create this For sort of circle. For the first time in ten years. Mm, mm. And so maybe from my deduction, there maybe probably the most um, uh, kind of plausible or feasible um, setup and, and and sort of justification narratively for the development of like for the Jaegers really and for the um, increase increased activity and like the renewal really of the Jaeger program would probably be if there was. Um, the effort to either just maybe do a little bit what Independence Day Resurgence was, which is they have an attack, but we're just constantly, constantly preparing for a new attack. Yep. That's one reason, or the other could be that um, yeah, yeah, Jaeger Tech has become more um, democratized and um, an open source, and we saw that with Amara's character, you know, who created Scrapper. But if she's able to create her own Jaeger, then it's implied that maybe yep. terrorists and stuff have. Um, uh, um, yeah, something like that. We see a bit of, of that in the aftermath. Aftermath. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Comics. That's right. And so, There's and so yeah. Crime bosses everywhere. Mm. Each one has their own Jaegers. Yeah. So when it's the most powerful thing, this is a very similar to Metal Gear, which you know, Metal Gear, um, in Metal Gear Four, uh, you know, it's no longer a case of you know these isolated. Um, 
mechanisms that are just like that people can just uh, that they hide away in like facilities by that time they have actually uh, yeah made the technology widely available and there are just the walking you know the gecko metal gears so um that's the same kind of logic with with this uh future that that ended up happening after the breach was sealed um you know it, it's 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 human nature humans will always find ways to fight each other and 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 try to gain dominion over each other and when you have the most powerful like there's no question that in the pacific rim universe the most powerful weapon is a yiga um because they are yeah they're like walking battle tanks walking nuclear strike stations so if you want power in that world then it's yeah so i think that's why i think that's why i like saber uh, athena yeah yeah the thing that you talk, talked about hmm? about humans fighting each other yeah it's referred in the aftermath. the aftermath comic that's right yeah i've read the I first mean, issue I, I so i'm going to quote the second issue okay go ahead so a bit of a little spoiler not that much that's, that's right <laughs> i'm going to quote, quote the amazing hannibal shaw yeah <clears throat> humanity at it, at its best turning on each other because they've run out of monsters to fight so much for victory perfect perfect love hannibal chow i really hope in some way yep. he'll come back either in the, this one or maybe in the third one would be great uh, yeah i don't think he'll come back uh oh spaghettio <laughs> yep uh, because the aftermath aftermath Issue two is using a okay. little something. I uh... <laughs> just going to say, just going to say that. That's okay. All right, He's there we go. There we go. Not, little tease. but it's probably. Okay. Okay. That's cool. That's totally yeah. fine. But yeah, to wrap up my mm, no, that's cool. Uh, to wrap up my thought on Saber is is the reason why I think she's the most intriguing is that she very much represents like um, the industry of Jaegers needing to advance and become sleeker and more like she just reminds me of like a special forces like she's like a, a SWAT team kind of like a ninja kind of um, a Jaeger that is essentially reminds me a lot of yeah yeah absolutely whilst Still, again, one thing that they've preserved with these Jaeger designs is that um, very much what was quoted in the in the development of the first film is that they um, uh, never are direct, like never directly referencing, but maybe unconsciously channeling. And there's definitely Evangelion elements to her, and um, I just I find it phenomenal. And I think for all the Evangelion fans out there, it's it's very much almost like a preview teaser of what um, seeing those Evangelions, which do move much faster. Um, than, than anything in the original Pacific Rim, um, uh, and I just love the new team. It's this. We obviously have more Jaegers, and at the moment, though, sadly, me and Rico yeah. are, sla are sad because we only have four kaiju. I believe, uh, five kaiju if you count the mega, uh, the mega, and and the lady hammer ha hammerhead. Yep, maybe six because of the trailer. We kinda maybe. Okay. okay. Maybe we. Looks like a new kaiju, but could also be Raijin. Okay. okay. Uh, we gotta see more Antiverse. That's my hope. I want to see. You uh, know, yeah. we saw a glimpse of the of the but factory I think floor. We, uh, the night, Mister Denied. Yeah. Said on Twitter that I think he said we won't learn much about the Antiverse and precursors here. Okay. Because they're more of a part of his big plan for Pacific Rim. Yeah. If it happens, that's great. I love that. You need it's a bit of restraint. Going, 
he said something about in the Empire magazine, I, I think. Mm, that right. we'll uh, learn much more about the kaiju precursors, their culture, etc. That's in right. Pacific Rim 3, if, if it happens. That's right. Well, I want to expand on that latest question we answered. Um, so, we obviously have our number one oh. favorites. Um, oh, we, actually, didn't mean to interrupt. We have two more questions. Oh, we do? We oh, please, please, please continue. Please, oh, please on, on Instagram. Oh, yes. Go ahead. By the first one, by Real Human Guinea. What do you think of the current Pacific Rim fan base? Pacific Rim fan base. Well, um, I for anyone who relates and can re and resonates with with this film on any level, whether it's just that superficial, um, uh, just base, yeah, that that yeah, that surface level, just enjoyment of just the, the wild, crazy action and just the outlandish uh, premise. Uh, uh, I appreciate that. Um, uh, I I love that we have an amazing community of you know six thousand people is nothing to shirk at. That's that's pretty great. Um, obviously, six thousand is just the indicative of those who have subscribed and then you the percentage of people who actually contribute to the discussion is a little bit lower and then then the percentage of people who contribute daily um, as uh, Rico and myself and the newly appointed mod Adam I believe it is it Adam that's the new mod yep Adam. yep shout out to you Adam for what pretty, you do Legend. Uh, pretty, pretty cool guy yeah really cool guy so love love our little community. Um, what, but one thing I will say, not a criticism, just an observation, is that we're a little bit disparate now. There's pockets of us around. There's some Tumblr people. There's some Reddit people. And what we really strive to do, especially um, having the weekly podcast, we want to be create um, and help create a node of people coming together over you know having daily a weekly engagement with the show. Maybe with down the line, we definitely want to start getting into some giveaways once we see our patron numbers go a bit higher, so we can actually sort of. Be able to subsidize that and like um and justify that because that would be really great to contribute to that and that would obviously see an, a nice uptick in um subscribers um, um to the reddit and so the whole premise of this show really is to just showcase and and to help um galvanize the growth of, of our community so if i were to give it one single expression is that i love our community but obviously uh we're still young we're still little compared to some of the bigger yeah. ones out there yeah so um what do you think I... of our community um uh, everything you said. Yeah. We'll get there. I've seen, uh, uh since the since the first trailer for uprising, mm. the community has been divided. Yeah, a little bit, I would say. Yeah. But but this past few weeks, thanks to clips, mm. a lot of people have been getting more hype for uprising. Mm. That's right. Because and, those clips are really awesome. Oh, they're so fucking good. Oh my god, that that obsidian and gypsy one. Are you oh, kidding yeah. me? Oh my god. Or, or the Raijin one. I lost the my shit. I wrote... I, oh my god. <laughs> Dude, when I saw the Raijin one, I mean, I immediately wrote an essay, which it you can read it on the Reddit. It was like about how Raijin is like the monster's monster and like how hard it is nowadays to create a super memorable silhouette and, and Raijin just does that effortlessly. But uh, I need to ask you, man, and please go as long as you like. And I don't, I, I won't, I make, I'll make sure not to interrupt you because uh, I, I really don't want to do that. And I, I try to stay mindful and, and not to do that because, yeah, I really value your time being here, man. So my question to you would be, which is your favorite of the recent clips? Uh, 
That's so cute. <laughs> I love them all. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know. That's alright. Maybe the Raijin one because. Yeah. Oh my god, that fucking Raijin clip. Because I love Kaiju. Me too. Dude, he slaps but him so hard. The, the Obsidian Fury one because I love him. Yeah. But November Ajax, Ajax one yeah. is pretty cool too. I know. It reminded me a bit of uh, uh, a bit of X Men. Yeah, it really did. It it had that booming kind, of, yeah, Sentinel kind of vibe a bit, but it's like Citizen, yeah. you know. Return. I, I, yeah. I was ju just expecting expecting November Ajax to say out mutant. I know, I know. It was literally like uh, stop, you know, and uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. it was pretty much uh, Sentinel. Yeah, yeah, and but again, I just. You know, this is a credit. By the way, I spoke. I've. Um, I know one of the people who uh, worked on Uprising, a pre-visualization artist. I obviously won't name their name, but um, he assured me that like the team had so much fun on this film because one thing that, uh, as much as it was so beautifully dramatically effective, when you added the rain um, to to the, uh, it basically it almost quadrupled rendering time because you needed to have the rain effects on on the on these. Um, on these Jaegers, you know, and it, it, oh, I wouldn't change it for the world. Like Francisco de Goya, like the the, the, the vibes and the, the, the painterly kind of operatic quality was real. And I know a lot of people had a lot of concerns um, that uh, you know Pacific Rim Uprising was going to deviate from that. But you can you can you can attest to this, Rico. So you've seen some of the recent clips. You can feel how heavy they are. You still can, even though they, oh, yeah. they move faster. Like when Raijin gives that fucking gigantic slap yeah. it, you can feel like yeah. Raijin's weight and you can feel um, Avengers weight as yeah go ahead Uh, we need, we, as always, I'm we need more Shrike Thorn. I'm gonna get you a Shrike Thorn T-shirt. If I find one, that'll be my present to you for your birthday. Oh. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, come on, Mike. Uh, gotta spread the love. That's right. And we have one last question. Yes, please go ahead, Rico. This one is a free, like not really, but a bit controversial because there are people that are in for this, others that aren't. Really? Okay. I don't understand why, but... <laughs> By the weird teacher, he says, Should VR ever cross over with other giant monsters, monster franchise, like Godzilla or Kong? He, he says that the answer is no. Okay. Hmm. So, should the Pacific Rim cross over with the monster first? Well, you're a big monster guy, so am I, but I'm going to throw it to you, because we've been tag-teaming, so go ahead, my friend. Uh, I think it should. Yeah, do it. Why not? Why not? <laughs> yeah, boy. Why the hell not? <laughs> Why right. the hell not? Why the fuck not, exactly. Um, okay, I need to see Godzilla. I need to see Godzilla. A lot of people Godzilla. were also like, the Avengers shouldn't happen. No, oh, man. And when it happened... Awesome. Yeah, it's legendary. Legendary yeah. live eternally. I've been listening to a lot of Tupac since uh, hearing the latest trends. I love the latest music. A lot of people, you yeah. know, if you Pacific Rim Uprising should be called Two Pacific Rim. Oh my Rim man, Rim. I knew it. I knew you were gonna do that. That's so great. Two yeah. Two Pacific Rim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Um, but when I was listening to the 
the earliest trailers, like the actually the first trailer, Pacific Rim Uprising, it has, you know, get it on till I die, but it, you can hear to the beat, it's like, da -da 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 -da. so you can actually hear the yep. original OG Pacific Rim theme. So there's no sense of it abandoning its heritage. It actually wears it very proudly. And, um, um, and yeah, so a lot of people are like, they all look humanoid, all of them. Where's my Cherno Alpha? Where's my three-armed? It's like, buddy, relax. Again, maybe they're even keeping, you know, a couple of things secret. You know, we see those Jaeger hybrids, like, oh, it's, it's such a generous film already. All right. Am I right? Uh, like, yeah. Rico, there's, we're seeing so many designs. Um, and then it would be great to see. Uh, so we have, what's the other one on the lunchbox we saw? We saw November, November Ajax. Uh, Valor Omega. Valor Omega, which is a uh, phenomenal, phenomenal. Have you uh, ever, have you created any uh, of your own um, Jaeger names, dude? Uh, I have some. Nice. Oh, you got to read some. It's, a, it's our first episode. Recently. Recently. Nice. All right. I was planning on doing something. Maybe I still am. Oh. I don't know. Ooh, okay. Like a, I was planning on doing a spin-off. Okay. Nice. Nice. But, but still connecting with Pacific Rim Uprising. Nice. Uh, Rico, do you draw well, kaiju? Do you like uh, do you sort of drawings and stuff? Uh, yeah, I don't really draw. Okay. Well, if you ever have ideas, I really. The love best I can draw is like stickman. <laughs> If you ever need uh, a, a, any kind of drawing or anything, like I love like designing new kaiju and designing new Jaeger stuff, so I, I, I'm a graphic designer on the side. So um, if you ever have any kind of gnarly ideas for like kaiju, I just I love putting them together. So um. yeah, okay. So I'm going going to read now some of my Jaeger names. Yeah, boy. So first we have Lima Aries. Nice. Well, that's so great. What country? Kylo Flanna, Grim Zulu, oh, nice. Oscar Omicron, and that's all. Oscar Omicron, oh, that's so fucking good. Lima Ares is amazing. <laughs> I have uh, Seraph Omega, which is the Italian Jaeger. Tempest Bolero from Spain. Uh, I got uh, Pluto Chimera from Greece, and Topaz Goliath from Colombia. Oh, and Odin Medusa from Norway. Mine don't, don't have a country because it's set in the same time as Surprising. There's no country yeah. Jaeger. Yeah. So it's a united world now. It's a united world. And I think the reason I attach the countries is basically like um, it's it's more to do with whether or not they patrol certain areas, or maybe the nationalities of the particular pilots. But you're right. Like I'm, These ones are definitely part of the, the Uprising era as well. And um, I have one more is... Um, uh, Lima, because you did a Lima one, you had Lima Ares, I have a Lima Centurion, uh, so there you go. Yeah, yeah. dude, we're gonna, gonna swap all the things, and then um, created a couple I, of... Yeah. I, I also come up with uh, a kaiju name. Ooh, I, I was just about to say the same. But yeah, I yeah. really like this one. I called him Sutoraiva. Oh, Sutoraiva, that's crazy. Is that like a like, local creature or something? I came up... By translating, I will. That's what are those called? What? Let me, <laughs> let me see a little bit. Yeah. 
the way that I've established it, you have, um, so, uh, like, kaiju usually either incorporate elements of the name from, like, gods or monsters or creatures in other folklore, and um, then there's also stuff that maybe is descriptive of the anatomy, so, like, knife head or axe head, so, um, but yeah, um, go ahead, man. Alright, so I translated, oh, yeah, I translated water striders to Japanese, altered the name a little bit, and... Totorider. Oh, Water Strider, uh, yeah! It's a, a bit like Water Strider. Uh, that's, oh my I, god, I, that's so I cool. actually like a, a lot Legos. And I built them. Oh, I, nice! I don't draw, I don't draw, but I build them. That's fantastic. I have, um, so there's a, there's a mountain, it's actually a Mars Volta song as well, there's Cotopaxi, which is a, it's a volcano. Um, then you have uh, bulkhead, which is just a, something used in industry, but it just sounds like a you'd name a kaiju that. Um, Razorbrow, and then I have one of my favorites is uh, bedlam, which is a word for like crazy. So I would love like a completely fucking like tentacles just lashing out something that is so like like hard to grasp because you know usually the, the Jaeger it's all about like grappling the enemy but if this thing could like just be like super almost ethereal like it couldn't be like held down that would be good and then I have Skybane which is something that is from the sky but that you is like a bane or like that it um, it's just that something along the lines of Otachi but uh, maybe with like like gigantic, like a mixture between knife and Natachi. So, yeah. So, needless to say, if you and me were at like primary school or whatever, we'd be drawing like all throughout recess and just like creating different kind of stuff. That'd be so cool. But yeah, <laughs> you got to do that stuff, man. Otherwise, like, get it. Being adult is just sometimes it can be. You can get pretty jaded. I reckon. You know. Yeah. yeah. Actually, you know what? But oh, actually, please go ahead, buddy. You didn't really. Answer. What do you think? Pacific Rim should cross over with. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I remember. I think I'm. I. I didn't mean to yeah, uh, sort of go off tangent, but basically, yeah. I. I just. I remember earlier. I was just repeating Godzilla. Godzilla. I need to see a. I need to see a fucking three Jaegers fighting Godzilla, and then I need to see Godzilla defeat them all because no one can beat Godzilla because he's the fucking ultimate kaiju. Uh, then Mr. The Knight shared some time ago in my DS. For crossover, okay. his, his idea was to make like uh, an adaptation of Destroyer Monsters. Nice, that would be amazing. My idea, my idea for for a crossover would kind of be like Final Wars, as mm -hmm. in not not really, but kind of. Okay. With an alien species, maybe the precursors of themselves mm -hmm. or a new one. Mm -hmm. would be trans transporting creatures from kaiju from various universes mm. and making them fight in a giant arena. Oh my god, you're fucking... We should almost not even and publish they, that because they, they're going to steal your idea, man. That's such a they, fucking good idea. <laughs> and they transported Godzilla, Kong, and so some Jaegers. That is such a good idea, dude, and that immediately makes it completely justifiable. Like, say that that you know, the, I my rationale for why the um, uh, the precursors have so many different designs is because they're just basically throwing 
anything at the wall and seeing what sticks. So that's why it justifies how different their shapes are. So they, they my assumption there is that they have a lot of um, time on their hands, a, a lot of very advanced technology, and I could see the precursors getting to the point where, okay, um, our efforts in creating these monsters isn't going so well because the the Jaegers seem to be able to take them down. So how about we basically abduct? Like maybe even seeing um, the Mutos, I would love to see Kaiju, Kaiju versus Mutos, you know, because they were a parasitic yeah. um, organism. It's definitely implied that they were more than just those two, the male and female from the 2014 film. Um, I love the, the, the Mutos, man. Uh, maybe this makes me a weird Kaiju oh, guy, yeah. but I, I, I think their sound, the sound I, design. I, oh yeah, the, the scene. Yeah. The train. Yes. So good. But with the female mute Muto mm -hmm. passing by, we miss the bridge, making all those sounds. Jesus Christ, the sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. That's really awesome. Yeah. That's right. I, I now that we're on the subject of kaiju, we may as well because they're very connected. They're basically like cousins, you know, like Pacific Rim and Godzilla. What are your hopes for um, uh, Godzilla versus uh, uh, King Kong? Or actually, let's think about like actually the one that's coming sooner, which is Godzilla King of Monsters next year, um, as well as maybe seeing him more in the sunlight so that we can see him less at night as we did. Uh, yeah. Like. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh, he's got! Oh my God! I just remembered. I remember he's he's gonna fight Mothra and and freaking Ghidorah in that damn movie, yes. man. And Rodan. Oh my God, that's three three, three winged creatures. Uh, yep. Yeah. Or Godzilla. Although I don't think Ghidorah will be doing much flying. He's he's pretty heavy set, you know. Yeah. Uh, an actor for the film has been teasing that the. Godzilla vs. Ghidorah fight will be the most awesome thing we've ever <laughs> ever seen. Yeah, and I want to I want to redouble and, and and support what you said before, um, Rico. About I really hope that we see uh, more kaiju activity. I want to see a second renaissance of Tokusatsu because. One thing we don't hear very much about that um, a really awesome user recently, maybe a couple months ago, he posted like a picture of his like son, like enjoying like the Pacific Rim stuff. And because of the echo chamber of the internet and how, you know, especially if you're like an adult on the internet and you just, you end up seeing a lot of just like opinionatedness and, and skepticism and jadedness. So it's very important to kind of keep the inner child alive and, and make sure you're enjoying these things on that basic fundamental level. Like even though there's so much symbology and symbolism that this show is absolutely devoted to showcasing and exploring, you know, we, we have a couple of deep dives planned and um, kind of discussions on the psychology and spirituality and and, and uh, yeah, the intellectual aspect of the film and, and um, the symbolic kind of, um, yeah, even philosophical aspects of the film. But uh, like I I can't deny that and even Guillermo del Toro said this like I was coming off of the Hobbit bullcrap bull that happened and in many ways uh, even though I infused a lot of heart into it and a lot of symbolism like color symbology especially with like Marco scenes um, uh, it was just a big fun time and I was like I need to be able to enjoy this on a, as, a, as like a fun thing so I want um, Pacific Rim Uprising which apparently is doing really well you saw the, um, the, the Rotten Tomatoes and stuff Oh yeah. Yeah. I was like, what? I know. You know. I, I see a lot of people everywhere, YouTube, Reddit, etc., saying that they're more hyped for Ready Player One than 
and then missing in March. Yeah. Then I see that of Rotten Tomatoes and what? what? I know. It's like <laughs> Pacific Rim has 20, 26k votes. So I good. Think, something like that. Yeah. While Ready Player One, which is in second place, has just six. Yeah, take that. K, six thousand votes. Mm-hmm. Flight. That fits for me, and I, I don't like to see films fail. I hope Ready Player One does well, but there's no denying like yeah. that. You know. Again, there's this sense, as we've talked about, Rico and I, like, even with the getting this podcast together, like, there's a, there's, um, you know, it's, it just, that wasn't intentional, but it ended up reminding me of, like, the struggle that, 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 um, that is, that is involved in making a work that isn't an adaptation of a book, like Ready Player One is, that doesn't have, like, a Spielberg behind it, um, that has, you know, you'll hear in the clip, like, tonight, talk about his passion for it, talk about, and, like, Guillermo, like, there's this underdog aspect to, to Pacific Rim, which I think is very endearing, and I think it, um, uh, you know, we, we hear, you know, John Boyega's character saying, like, this is our chance to make a difference, and, like, we're the only ones standing in front of the, the, uh, um, the, the apocalypse and my main takeaway from the symbolism point of view is that the first film was about um, uh, like being able to do something in the first place like the fighting the odds and the second film is about um, whether you're not you're worthy of inheriting a name and whether whether you're not worthy of inheriting a story which yeah. is Pentecost like um, his dad like he says I'm no hero you know but um, like Jake this is like the knight saying you know I'm not Gilmo like I, you know, I'm, I'm not him. I can't make the, the same choices as him. I'm, and I, I'm sure there's trepidation in following in, in the first film's footsteps. But uh, I think Jake, you can even see it in the trailers, can't you, Rico? Like, he's turning into a leader, like, really quickly, you know? Yeah. It's really cool, you know? Um, and uh, I, I also want to know the history that he has with um, uh, his co-pilot. What's his name? Um, by Nate. Nate, yeah, Scott Eastwood. Yeah. Nate. Yeah. Nate I think it's been established that... Oh, yeah, please go ahead, man. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I have a pet peeve about it. I, I never like interrupting people or talking over anyone, so I, I sometimes stop just to make sure that the other person doesn't feel like they're being interrupted, so... Um, yeah. Okay. Well, um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm wondering uh, what their history is, because I think apparently... Um, they know they've known each other before. Like I think maybe they were pilots before. Is that correct? Yeah, they they were they were best friends, yeah. according to articles, interviews, and uh, they were like they were like brothers. Nice. And then suddenly Jake leaves without saying anything. Yeah. And he, he left without telling his yeah. brother best friend, anything, Crazy. and of course, many years later, of course, is pretty pissed off. And, and Rinko Kikuchi, you know, uh, you got Makomori also saying, like, your, your father yep. always wanted you to be um, a pilot. Pilot. Yeah, it's really interesting. And it's so good to see uh, Makomori back. She was my favorite character from the first, uh, even though I also very much love Newt, Newt Geisler. Who's your favorite, like, human character from the first film, dude? Uh... Oh, I have to say, Annibal Cho. Yeah. Oh, I miss him. Don't say it. No, you make me miss the guy. He should. He should be an uprising. He really should. But, um, yeah. But, but you know what? It but, makes narrative sense because if there are no kaiju invading, then 
Hannibal Chow's business is out the window, so there you go. That, uh, he actually still works. It's explained in okay. Aftermath issue two. I should, yeah. I don't, I've, I've, I, I, yeah. I, I don't know if I can talk about it. No, I think I've. I think we've pretty much um, established that we can just talk about whatever. I mean, I think my personal level of spoilers is I want to just make sure nothing really specifically in the track listing because that again it reveals essentially. So I remember reading the track listing for the first one in 2013, and yeah, just knowing that it was gonna like I, I could tell where it was gonna go, and so I think I'm 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 gonna stay away from. Uh, the, the track listing, but I'm so, happy. I'm happy with everything else. So, according to aftermath, and I think that Hannibal and the, the people who work with him have been stealing kaiju parts from kaiju worshippers, cultists. Uh, yeah, they have been stealing like hands. Oh. Everything he has is so in the first movie. He's been stealing from them to himself. Nice. Okay. Well, I, I've I've read the first issue, but um, I'm yeah. I, I think I have the I bought the others, so I'll make sure to jump into yeah, this. Yeah. Uh, so remember then that, that I said that thing about yeah. That yeah. He might not return in the future <laughs> <laughs> because I like it. the tease. Let's just you know what. What kaiju blood can do to a person, right? Yes, of course, you know. And, yeah, and let's just let's just say that his encounter with the baby Otashi yeah. didn't end up that well. Yeah, okay. I'm sure it wouldn't. Even end. if yeah. he survived, he got out got out of him, but still, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 very much realistic that he would have serious health problems after being, you know, devoured by even a baby kaiju. It's yeah. completely yeah. completely justified. Kaiju blood, which is yeah. toxic. Yeah. So he, he's he's. I'm sure he's not in a very good place. Surprising that he's he survived for ten years. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, so here are my here's here's another thing I want to feel to you because you know again first episode we can we can be a bit loose loose. Uh, fast and loose with the structure. What do you think we may see after Uprising in terms of potentially a television series, which was initially promised at one point, if oh, yeah. I remember. Yeah, go ahead. And I don't think that the TV series has been officially cancelled. I mean, it's, it's probably not happening, but it hasn't been officially cancelled. That's right. Canceled. We That's just right. haven't gotten updates on it. I predict, let's go, I'm going to be very bold, I predict um, Pacific Rim Uprising global total will be around the 700 million mark. That's my, that's my uh, prediction. How about you? Uh, I... Yeah. I, I think the, the, the previous one, Pacific Rim, got 400 million, um, roughly, 450 million, roughly, uh, globally. Um, it underperformed, quote unquote, um, you know, uh, locally, which is um, uh, in you know, the United States and stuff. But yeah, globally, yeah, 450 million, it, it was enough to justify the sequel. And even though there was a bit of. Um, we actually have a, an episode upcoming dedicated to all the troubles that it went through. Uh, mm -hmm. You can just check it on the schedule there. So. Um, yeah. um. Any prediction? The, there was like a report some time ago reporting that Pacific Rim total 
surprising total growth in America will be like in the end like 50 50 million like Ooh. 50 million that's pretty that's low like half, <laughs> that's half of what the first one did and that was already pretty low so that's not very optimistic and I think that um, yeah I think that things but, are gonna change but I hope this is like this is like a Kong Skull Island situation. Yeah. I think the same was predicted for for Skull Island, and yeah. it did pretty well. It did pretty well, and I love those skull crawlers, buddy. I mean, I'm telling you right now that yeah. I fucking I, I really oof. I really love Bamarak. Bamarak, amazing. I I obsessed over Bamarak. I drew him. I uh, he did drawings and stuff, and then just just the whole culture of, of the Skull Island, um, especially with the idea that they fear these the Skull Crawlers so badly. And and, and hopefully, hope we see more of the Skull Crawlers in the future. Yeah, that's right. And again, we need to see for you know I, I actually have this somewhere like in our what we're going to do at the end of this episode is um, if Seriko, again, I just want to check with you now, how are we doing for time, man? Can you can you um, chat a bit longer? We're at the at one hour and four minutes mark, but if you're good to keep chatting, I'm happy to. Uh, let's talk sure. a little bit. Let's talk. Um, so what we have later... Let's do it! So in the, <laughs> the Shadow Dome, um, uh, I have sort of a, a, a sort of... Um, a, a tail end kind of spiel that I want to go into, and one of the one of the things that I have there is um, that you uh, I kind of want our listeners to consider this and the industries, you know, both the filmmaking and the uh, uh, interactive artistry, which is our network, which is um, actually games. Uh, we we highlight and uh, celebrate the underappreciated aspects of games, and uh, we feel that uh, Pacific Rim is in the same position of having so many uh, more yeah. nuanced yeah, aspects that aren't really as um, celebrated or as people are as, are as aware of them. I, um, I don't really understand a lot of people that don't like Pacific Rim. Like, I, I, I understand when people don't like because there are some people that really like giant monster movies, etc. But what I don't understand is people calling it, some people calling it the worst movie ever made. Which is stupid. Like, what? So, sh- so short, 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 short but, but I bet those people are the ones that went to what went to see grown up to instead. <laughs> yes, and sadly. And um, like, I've got some sad How is. How is. How is specifically. The worst movie ever made. I've they watched like garbage pale kids. Yeah. I've, go watch that. Best yeah, go be dumb. That's that's what I say to them. And sadly, Sirico, a sad fact of the earth is, um, unfortunately, unless there's a big seismic shift in in global intelligence levels, is what one. Uh, one very sad fact is that um, when you get a, a large collection of people who, uh, you know, just they feed into blindly and obliviously feed into an echo chamber of, of closed-mindedness, it's it's in the nature of our species to be uh, pretty pretty inflexible. Let's say uh, when it comes to um, yeah. recognizing things' merits, and sadly, yeah, it's always going to be the, the the majority of people that you um, 
you know, even with Star Wars, for example, um, sure, there's a vast, uh, vast swath of appreciation, and it's very firmly into the sort of pop culture phenomena. But um, the only real reason why the punters, as they call them, have have come round is because um, just over time, uh, the saturation of it has basically made it like an assumed knowledge household name. But I guarantee you that um, uh, a huge, huge part of the population like they don't have the kind of uh they don't they don't appreciate they and they don't really care about the nuance like and what you and i i think i think our goal with this show is to say look very much in the same way of, of, of Star Wars, you can come into Pacific Rim and only enjoy it on the level of the spectacle. But if you do want to, like, for example, the Force for um, Star Wars with Pacific Rim, there's the drift, you know? And uh, you can delve into all kinds of dialogues about, uh, you know, shared like emotional intelligence and, um, you know, recovery from trauma and stuff that can actually be really, really, um, you know, interesting to delve into. And like my partner, she does, uh, uh, she does life coaching stuff, which is, you know, to do with like uh, emotional, um, emotional intelligence work and, um, and uh, you know, self meaning and all that. So we're going to actually have her on the show. She's been, she's been on the other interactive artistry shows talking about the deeper aspects of that. And I'm really glad that you feel that way uh, Sirico that um, like ha like there are so many universal aspects to this film that it's very strange that uh, it's been lambasted I think it's because people just they they <laughs> most people I think the masses really can't really wrap their head around the fact that it's just this original thing it's like because it hasn't been adapted from a comic it somehow is worth less it's like really bad it's very bad <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. I agree. I hope it, it does what X Men does for um, uh, kaiju films. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Who who would you I, like? To, I, yeah, go I hope. I hope that Pacific Rim was like the the bat the Batman Tim Burton movies, and that yeah. Uprising is like the X Men. Yeah. Yes. I hope this kickstarts. Me too. Like, what? This year we're getting like yeah, eight eight comic book movies. Yes. Around around eight comic book movies. Imagine if the in the future the same happens with wow. kaiju movies. Oh, that would be. Wow. And Toho and Toho maybe uh, you know reaching back out into the you know beyond Japan and releasing more collaborations. I know they got very badly like burnt with um, the Roland Emmerich, you know. So I can appreciate that, and I know why they sort of stayed away. But hopefully, the 2014 so, uh, film, Godzilla 98, was like yeah. the Daredevil 2003. Yeah. 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 Did you enjoy um, the 2005 uh, King Kong, or was it a bit too small scale for you, uh, or too? Um, yeah, you no, know, I really like. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I watched it a bunch of times. Those fucking worms are very, very, very. They they gave me nightmares. The ones oh, that. Yeah. Oof. Right. <laughs> the... <laughs> the ones yeah, that devour the the V Rexes. Yeah, they work. Yeah, yeah. Um, where to workshop have some of the most amazing like that that close up. Even though the movie is over thirteen years old, which is insane to think about. Like it was two thousand and five, yeah. thirteen years old. Um, I'm so old. Yeah, when when you see Naomi uh, Naomi Watts, you know um, uh, her character like 
not wake up, but she sort of has fallen from a ravine and she's sort of slowly picking herself up off the off the grass. There's a particular shot where it's the side of the V-Rex's face and I just cannot distinguish from the CG to the set. Like it looks insanely real and you can see like little little bugs that have sort of, um, uh, they're sort of like setting on, on like around the nostrils and it's, it's, just, it's indistinguishable. Like amazing yeah. CG work, amazing, you know? So, um, Amazing yeah. and crazy, amazing. Yes, that's right. Okay, so um, so we've addressed uh, all of the... Yeah, actually, you go ahead. I I have a question for yes. you. Yes. How were you introduced to the kaiju? How was I introduced kaiju to the world, kaiju movies, yes. kaiju... Kaiju anything, right. Well, um, yeah. you know, this is going to sound... I mean, uh, I don't want to date myself, but uh, the... Uh, first kind of kaiju that I really had a great passion for and maybe a few people will turn off the podcast as soon as they hear this but um but don't worry I've changed and I've since expanded my education a lot about kaiju it was 1998 I saw the original Godzilla um yeah same thing with me oh yay fantastic all right (laughs) yeah so yeah yeah, now that the two hosts of this podcast (laughs) introduced them like and Godzilla now everyone everyone's left it's no (laughs) but here's the thing though so you know Karloff right he's one of the kaiju the thin kind of almost look like the guy in a suit so when I saw Zilla for the first time we'll call him Zilla because he isn't he isn't a Godzilla he's um He's a, he's a different kaiju. He he doesn't behave like Godzilla. No, he's should. a he, yeah. he's a pretty cool kaiju. He's the a animated cool kaiju. show. Yeah. yeah. In the animated show is, I think is worthy of the name Godzilla. Yeah. yeah. The animated the, show, yes. In the animated show. Yeah. And um, I remember seeing my first, uh, you know, the, the first shot the, I the saw. The movie should have been what the. The animated show was. Oh, absolutely, absolutely agreed. So for me, when I saw that first shot of it's like you can—it's very iconic to me, at least personally. Um, the uh, you know the police officer in the rain in Manhattan and and all the cars that are bumping up up and down oh, at yeah. the same time. Um, and then you know you would always only ever see his lower body because he's just so massive. Um, and yeah. Uh, yeah, on no level that I mean Patrick Tatopoulos, who is the uh, director, uh, sorry the um, art director, and he he actually. Uh, designed Zilla like he's removed the whole um, the whole connotation with Godzilla like that is a super like it looks humanoid it's a bit it's a bit um, uh, you know like obviously it's implied to be like a mutated iguana and stuff but um, yeah it's for me like it doesn't behave like Godzilla like it runs away and stuff but I would you know, I don't have as much hatred as many people do, and I think he's actually attained his own mini fan base since. You know, I think people have cooled off a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Maybe because of the animated show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, well, you know what? Let's jump back into our structure because <laughs> I just remember All right. that's okay. Uh, we'll, we'll, but it's only our first episode. We're going to smooth these things out eventually. So we've been yeah. doing our catch up. So overview. We. Again, it's all sort of fast and loose, so we've been dipping into overview a bit because um, uh, essentially we're just sort of a sort of a general discussion, really. So the news, um, really, it has just been the latest few clips um, that we saw. The yeah, Raijin, the, the Raijin uh, clip. Uh, yeah, go as ahead. This, as this is our first episode. Yeah, that's, a, that's the news. We <laughs> that's... have a lot of news to cover. <laughs> that's right. I, yeah. That's right. Since 2013 till now. <laughs> we have wow. Tell tell me about it. Like, I, like, 
let's let's cover everything since okay. 2013 okay. until now. In January 2014. No, okay, we won't. <laughs> We're gonna do that. We have a we have a absolutely uh, leading up to uh, the release. Actually, a dedicated episode to that. Oh, I figured I would let our listeners yeah. know. So, um, the film arrives for Soruko in April. Now, for me, it arrives in oh, March. Yeah. But we've decided uh, I want. I'm going to hold off and wait. It's only a couple extra, like a week or, or whatever. Um, so um, as soon as Siriko has his tickets, he'll, he'll let me know, and then I'll get mine so that we can go and see at the same time, roughly. So that'll be cool because then we can have the reaction um, show the day after. You know. Sorry about that. Guys. No. <laughs> yeah, but I think the, the main thing for us is going to just make sure that. Once people have seen it, they're obviously the. We, I may need to leave the subreddit for a little bit because I'm sure a lot of people will just straight up be posting like, "Oh, isn't it interesting when uh, Makamori transformed into a kaiju? Isn't that crazy?" And then I'll be like, uh, "I didn't want to. <laughs> I didn't want to know that." <laughs> oh. Which is, a, which is. Like, by the way, that's made up. I, I made that up, guys. <laughs> that, that doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> oh my it's, god. It's not a real spoiler from <laughs> Yeah, I figured out that. One uh, one of the things I'm looking forward or uprising is. A line yeah by Jake which is the war we thought we finished it is just beginning yes can, which can, is what can, you want I'm like what what I 12 know. years of war was just the beginning it's just the beginning I, I I hope they have a lot in store for us yeah that's right because 12 years of war is just the beginning it's only the beginning and I want to see I want to see Pacific Rim 3, 4, 5 I want to see at least 6 or 7 of these things I want yeah. and uh, after a kind of leak not really leak but it's a really big spoiler that I unfortunately okay. read and I can understand why he said that okay well, why the war is just beginning oh there you go another tease but from Suruko Fantastic. Oh, yeah. I like it, all these teasers. It's very it good. Sounds, sounds pretty cool. Okay. Well, um, I just hope it, it doesn't get resolved in yeah. this movie. Yeah. I hope absolutely. they will leave it open for other movies. You know what it's I hope? Pretty yeah. awesome and pretty yeah. big. Yeah, yeah. You know what I hope is, um, as I as I was mentioning earlier. So we our main our main um, kind of. Uh, premise with interactive artistry is you know addressing it and showcasing the interactive medium um i'll as i'll as i'll explain later is we've we've actually accommodated um the shadow dome not just because of my like personal passion for it but uh you know because yeah it, sh it shares these aspects of being this under under uh, in my view at least and then i think in rico's view as well underappreciated um uh and un people are just underinformed about like how how um the how multi how um, multifaceted this uh, this storyline is as much as it is really beautiful spectacle. But another thing we have um, is that we are essentially acting as a um, a very long term uh, petition for a Pacific Rim properly done, maybe three or four years of development, a properly done, maybe Xbox One, PlayStation Four, Jaeger slash Kaiju simulator. Yeah. Like, how amazing would that be? Amazing. Oof. I mean, do what? Uh, what do you I, play? PS4 or what, what? What kind of consoles? Do you play consoles or just PC? Yeah, or? But yeah, yeah, PS4. PS4 all the way, fantastic. So, and I could, I could yeah. see you. You know, imagine if you like, and you start out maybe Jaeger Academy, um, and you like get to have a hand in designing your own Jaeger, designing the graphics of it. Yeah, and uh, I have like an idea. Yeah. Like, 
Jurassic World, Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World games yeah. on mobile, where you create your own park and have your own dinosaurs, and yes. then you use it to fight other, yes. fight other users and yes. bots and all other di other dinosaurs in battle arenas, and the same could happen with the Pacific Rim game. Create your own Shattered Dome. Designing our own kaiju. Your own Jaegers, yeah. fight other so users good. or bots. Yeah, so good. And we're seeing such an expansion you, of, of the you mythos. Could, like, create, you could like either choose to create a Shattered Dome or create a kaiju factory in the Antiverse. Yes, that's right. That would be, awesome. that would be so good. I, th I think that's Playing actually a smarter the... idea. I was thinking more like third person kind of thing, but you're right. I think it would be more interesting um, to see uh, something where it's more a bit more like maybe the Jurassic World Evolution is coming out soon, and, and you, uh, you've yeah. probably seen some of that, haven't you? Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I have a question for you actually. Are you looking forward to Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom? Yep. Yeah. That, uh, that I I really love Jurassic Park. I love dinosaurs. They're so good. part of it's almost thanks to them that I fell in love with with Kaiju. I mean they were I here always, before. They terraformed it. When I yeah. When I was younger I always saw Kaiju as big dinosaurs. Yeah. Me too. And I love dinosaurs, so I love Kaiju. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, you asked that question of who was, what was your first kaiju, I think, if I'm really, really honest, my first exposure really to like really loving these like enormous beasts is definitely Jurassic Park when I saw that. I was actually super afraid of the movie. I um, had like Velociraptor nightmares for like 15 years. It was pretty, pretty intense, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I'm looking forward to that and seeing what Bayona does there. So Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, the Super Bowl trailer was pretty awesome yeah I, I I really like that they're bringing some horror elements yes. to, the, um, to the new movie like I don't remember any Jurassic Park movie doing anything like this like horror well the very first I one really was essentially a horror movie and I, I love that Bayona yeah, is taking it back but not really like mm. like yeah. what we see in the Super Bowl trailer for Fallen Kingdom yeah. Uh, it's Raptors. like almost, it's almost like straight up or with yeah. Indoraptor in the bedroom and yeah. killing the other, the other guy. Yeah, it's so big. It's like, like an, it's like three times the like size of a Raptor. It's almost like an alien movie. Yeah, it looks like it. You know, with that hand grasping out, it's so. Um, so terrifying. I, I initially wondered if that could have been maybe a dream sequence uh, or something, but um, you know, later you see uh, in the trailer you see Owen, you know, with the with the rifle as well. So it's likely that it isn't, you know. But um, but anyway, let's t turn it back towards the piece of rim. So um, I want to jump on the Reddit because um, we have the the Reddit rundown. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Also, I um, just wanted to check: Are you able to to stay a bit longer, or did you have to head off? Nah, we really have to let off. Okay, no problem, man. Well, I will. I'll leave you to it. I will uh, wrap up the rest of the the show. But it was so good having you on the show, man. What a pleasure to finally speak okay. with you. And I'm looking forward to um dialing you at 10 p.m. on Sunday next week. All right. Okay. Yeah.
Pleasure to meet you, dude. Same. Alright, take care, man. Bye. Welcome listeners, this is the part of the episode where we are speaking with the venerable, the wonderful, the one and only, and one of a half of a podcast, the Luke from Premiere Quest. How are you, my friend? I'm doing stunningly, Albert. It's 11.09pm the... here for me in New Zealand. That's crazy. You're the Luke. You're the one Luke in my life. Uh, oh, that's Luke... really good to know. Because Luke Skywalker is no more. Spoilers! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I that took is... that pretty hard, given that yeah. I'm, I'm relatively sure I was named after him. Yeah, um, I, well, and now yeah. he's gone. He, 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 know, he know mo, he know mo. Um, and yeah, that's why the, def- the definite article fits there. But to me, really, uh, what you do with Richard is a singular, amazing, always a fun, surrealistic, uh, refreshingly non sequitur, tastic podcast. Which, out of left field, like they're two pretty disparate kind of passions and loves of mine you know mm. uh surrealistic non-sequitur stream of consciousness free association comedy and pacific rim and then suddenly out of the ether this podcast comes about where it's combined so deftly and so sometimes pretty like <laughs> I, I, like even even to the like with the squire heath stuff i'm like well, this is going some places man i love yeah. it <laughs> i'm I loving think, it <laughs> um, it's something that we maybe didn't look into enough when we started it you look I you'll think... see it on every list when it's like uh top 10 things for your new podcast it's like don't pick a field that's too niche uh, but i think we 100 percent did that by talking about yeah. pacific room and then and talking about it in the most bizarre way that we could think of <laughs> to your great strength man to to the ends that actually resulted i believe in a very unique and celebrated podcast that uh, i very rapidly became a big appreciator of and uh, cheers i appreciate that Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And it is, of course, needs, it goes without saying, but a great pleasure and privilege and honor to have you on the show, my friend, and uh, that you were able to set aside the time to, to come chat on the Shadow Dome, episode one. No, no problems. It's no mean feat what you're doing here, coordinating a million different people from all over the world to talk. I <laughs> yeah. think we need a bit of uh, congratulations on that fact, because it, it does me and Richard seem in even just dealing with a six-hour time difference <laughs> from Thailand to New Zealand. I appreciate it, dude. It is a little bit of a kind of um, 
brain sanity, uh, gymnastics, and you can probably pick up uh, listeners and yourself, Luke, that uh, um, uh, you can always gauge where I'm at in the week in terms of recording by how cogently I'm able to speak English. So <laughs> I would give myself maybe a C plus of my coherency for this show. But what's hel- what helps is my show notes, mm-hmm. uh, and what helps is um, just this pre- this um, this this uh, common language that we have, you and I, uh, and Richard, obviously, with when we get him on the show uh, of Pacific Rim, which has, um, as you so beautifully uh, put it, and uh, and I think aptly, uh, even though our kind of perspectives i think they weave quite well together you um i know that this part of part of it is quite gestural the thing of like cult cult classic cult classic it's great i love it so much but um i heard you uh shout us out and we've very much shouted you guys out on some a bunch of other our other podcasts too um with uh, leading up to this recording yeah the thing is that uh we both really like pacific rim for both its cult classicness in terms yes. of this huge Roberts fighting giant monsters in the yes. at times ridiculous script writing. But yeah, there's that other <laughs> layer to it, but Richard and I I think kind of have yeah. seared away from it eventually because once you've done sort of fifty odd episodes <laughs> it can get pretty dry. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would say of of the uh, uh, the the poor the poor um, super dry it's like the sandwich that you know yeah maybe on some kind of like let's let's use your example of Thailand you used before say you know this just that there's always that one like tourist stand that just doesn't give a shit anymore they're not putting out the fresh stuff and it's like an old shriveled sandwich and um, but I can guarantee you have a your podcast is far from that i find it always refreshing there's always fresh podcast sandwiches for the for the eaten i tell you right oh, now no, i appreciate that hey i got a question for you you don't often get the questions but oh, what what made you want to start a long form pacific room podcast very good well um so it's tied into what i kind of do predominantly which is the kind of origin of me stepping into this format of podcasts and um i maybe you might even may even be May even, may even be able to relate with um, what led you to create um, Premier Quest is um, I find it, it I find it in life that when something um, just kind of calls to you in that way where things just sort of fall in place in front of you where there's the maybe use the analogy of push or pull so sometimes to get something accomplished like an endeavor it's a, a question of pushing and you feel the stress of like oh how am i going to learn this and that's that's somehow uh, it feels like a chore but with when interactive artistry that kind of clicked which was this is a medium that has this uh, it is the third most profitable industry um war number one you know killing each other that's always going to be the number one trillion dollar industry uh, number two pornography that's always going to be oldest profession right after that it's games and then after that is films, and then the other arts sort of follow suit. So, um, so is interactive artistry you're going to get into the war and pornography uh, stuff. After yeah. Oh yeah, we're going to combine it. We're going to yeah, um, yeah. Uh, we're going to have the the weaponry and also all the adult film um, uh, sponsorships. We're looking at. <laughs> No, um, but re- yeah. Regardless, uh, that kind of took a bit of a tangent. Again, listeners, bearing with in mind yeah, that apologies. Uh, yeah, that's uh, totally fine. And um, <laughs> uh, you would be shocked to, to to know how little sleep I've had. But anyway, um, but yeah, actually, meta because throughout 
like especially the starting interactive artistry where i was recording always at like 2 a.m 3 a.m always doing my best to accommodate you know um uh, which i we still do we sort of we're, we've sort of um sort of uh, decided to kind of take turns on the on the difficulty with the um with, with the with the time zones but bringing it back to your question which is why i wanted to start it is so this uh, medium um has these this I, I i as far as i've noticed and as far as i like fe felt like it called to me that um this medium of of interactive uh work and this this art form as i as i call it 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 sort of um it can sometimes like there's a negative as tied to thinking of games overtly and pretentiously as art and i was like i don't want to hit that i don't want to somehow think that this is like some yeah pretentious thing no it's it's more like there is a, a vast body of um of work that's been put out there that unfortunately just um because of the way that people uh just sort of yeah the public perception of games very much so is still rooted in like yeah. time wasting and um recreation or distraction or competition and what is so sad about that is that the more nuanced and um universal and uh philosophically spiritually intellectually um symbolically um engaging and um intriguing and um uh, yeah nuanced aspects those those tend to get sort of uh left by the wayside or or underappreciated mm. or articulated badly or not seen for what they are and so i felt this kind of calling to um to just yeah like i find myself talking about this in in that in that way anyway so i was like oh this is kind of how i naturally uh, yeah. like that's how i um that's my relationship with this material i just can't help it so i was like what what's what's an outlet where i can maybe see if there are others who do want to be like literally we are the most you know i i actually need to say this like premier quest mm -hmm. has a future i don't think <laughs> <laughs> I, I think look and i don't want to like jinx anything but we are very much completely against all the um uh, the modern trappings of like, oh, keep your videos to 10 minutes, make sure it yeah, has the yeah, flashy, yeah. blah, 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 all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. So we are very much like, you know, I'm Angela Lansbury. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, how else can yeah, I communicate yeah. this, right? So I'm, I might be a tattooed, like, 29-year-old dude who enjoys this, like, eclectic arrangement of, like, interactive art and, like, yeah. uh, you know, Pacific Rim. But in terms of my mood, I'm like an old, like... Uh, like uh, you know you know the old woman who sort of like creepily like approaches right. like the 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 what is it the you know in um in mary poppins i just saw the trailer for mary poppins returns you know how terrifying Wait, that old is, woman is in the street mary poppins returns. <laughs> oh you poor is, thing yes is <laughs> yeah, sadly poppins that is that is being like inflicted Andy, on us <laughs> um no it's she's being played by oh, okay. emily blunt uh, so, because she was obviously in um, uh, Edge of Tomorrow, so they needed a time traveling. Okay, um, so the long form discussion perfectly fits your personality type and it and your desires yeah. to like get behind the surface yeah. of, of <laughs> each of these things. And yeah, I think Kevin Smith actually said it at one point. Is like everyone has a everyone is is uh, like it's it's in them to make some form of content and i don't really like the word content i or the words feed you know you know that it's george it's something on a george orwell scale man of like word in doc like um yeah word word implanting like we have the word feed oh like scrolling through my feed well before the internet came along feed was what we called what we fed pigs to keep them like fed oh this is our feed like oh you know yeah. yeah yeah exactly and so and now content is making us content it's mm. like yeah. That's appeasement yeah so anyway um 
his 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 he, I'll express like the ultimate gratitude that I have is sure. that throughout you and I um, messaging and all this and then um, leading up to recording, you probably got the impression that it's like yeah this is this is the vibe of interactive artistry. We just like it's literally the most meandering tangent taking. <laughs> <laughs> like thing and uh and i was just like you know that's literally how i how i process life i'm not going to try and edit that and just uh you know for for all the people who have have gathered around your podcast which i'm sure you know you and richard maybe even here or there had had the thought of like wh- who are we engaging with who who connects with yeah. us but yeah. everyone like, has that's... Their, their question when they start out something like this yeah, and the people exactly. who like the style that you make they'll eventually find it a whole lot of people will eventually find the shadow dome we are you've friend- already done a pretty awesome job promoting yourself so far, but I'm sure they'll turn up. Thanks, dude. Thank you. We are friend. We are friend to the data entry person. We are friend to the long commuter. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Who uh, uh, maybe in like uh, you know in like some country like where it's like super snowy where it's like mm-hmm. I need to just stick something in my ears that's got me covered for like two or three hours and I'm yeah, good. Perfect. You know. So, um, but yeah. Well, that's something there. Oh uh, yeah, that's, that sounds really good. I dig it, man. Now I'll throw that back to you. So um, you've probably answered this question on a few other um, interviews, but without being droll, I'll add, I'll add a twist to it, right? So how did you meet your good friend, Richard? Uh, I think the first time I ever met him was in Christchurch where uh, someone read out an erotic dinosaur <laughs> literature book and that i had i'd purchased and read it and it's like guys you have to read this this is it's called taken by the t-rex for any interactive artistry listeners uh it will change your life um yeah and we got talking ever since then that's fantastic um, yeah and we mentioned in our latest episode we wanted to start a podcast about it's always sunny in philadelphia and pacific room at once which i want to see please we tried it for 10 episodes and they're recorded on like a potato microphone (laughs) they're not particularly high quality (laughs) we're pretty intoxicated for a lot of them because we're both relatively shy nervous guys before this sort of stuff yeah Uh, and and i just don't really remember uh (laughs) how premiere quest came about exactly yeah. But the desire to get the tickets to the Hollywood premiere um, has persisted for an entire year. Okay. And here we are now about two weeks, three weeks out, aren't we? That's right. And we f- may as well mention it here, listeners. Um, not not four or five hours ago, uh, Master Guillermo del Toro was awarded, his film was awarded four Oscars, taking the most Oscars of any film at the Oscars, yeah, and amazing. was also awarded uh, Best Director and Best picture which are the um highest coveted awards in the filmmaking medium so not too fucking shabby for mr pacific rim himself so there you go that's amazing so now we can say the 2013 cult classic pacific rim was directed by oscar Oscar winning oscar winning cult classic oscar winning that kind of makes me feel a little little bit less bad for dedicating my life to it (laughs) that's great maybe a slither of a pie less you know in the in the big uh, pie chart of just like you know if it's like to the side there's the legend of like Richard and I's resentment of having started this podcast and feeling trapped it's like a good 40% but now the rest is slowly the 60 the predominant part of the pie is now gratitude because um, we have been uh, further legitimized uh, because this, this man yeah he He's no fluke. He his it's pedigree. It's as if we won the Oscar, isn't it? 
<laughs> it really is, you yeah. know. Yeah. For the and, shape of water. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like this is all being a giant ruse. The the whole thing was a covert shape of water podcast all along, correct? Yes. <laughs> well, we were going to reveal that next week, but uh, okay. Kind of yeah. The goose a bit there, but uh, anyway. Yeah, no, I dig it, man, I dig it. Well, uh, listeners, so um, for those who have stuck around, because by now um, it, we would probably be reaching the hour and 50 or so mark because um, yeah, okay. R- Rico and I, uh, yeah, we um, sort of jumped off. Um, uh, he had to dash uh, around about the, yeah, the one hour and five, so we've been on for, yeah, 20 minutes or so. So, uh, yeah. Okay, well, maybe we'll, uh, we'll change the vibe for the last yeah, 10 of us then. Let's, um, let's flip it out. Quickfire premiere quest style questions. Ooh, uh, before we get into that, though, something that Rich and I were discussing just today mm. was that lots of the fans that we've kind of attracted seem to be much more interested in like the the lore of Pacific Rim and like ah. the, uh, stats about Jaegers, Kaiju, yeah. that That's... sort of thing, than the characters, which is primarily what we talk about. Like we've spent mm. literally hundreds of hours talking about stack of Pentecost. Yeah, but you don't hear much about anyone looking forward to Pacific Rim Uprising and, and discussing the characters like Jake and Marco and everything yeah. like that. Well, to address that, we actually have, um, if the, any of the listeners may not be aware, um, over at the Instagram, Shadow Dome, it's just The Shadow Dome. Um, it's uh, yeah, Instagram.com forward slash The Shadow Dome. We have our, posted our full schedule leading us to the middle of the year when we'll be in sort of the um, uh, Comic-Con kind of season. So we'll see mm-hmm. um, how things are doing. We'll probably see a whole bunch of um, sideshow stuff. Hopefully that's the hope. But needless to say, um, as Luke was just discussing about um, dedicated deep dive episodes, that's literally in the show notes of our show, which I will now jump into because this is what we do here. So... Um, uh, to for our new listeners, I will just sort of kind of yeah ex- sort of dive in. So um, the Shadow Dome is a Pacific Rim podcast that is much like the in-universe facility of the same name, a central HQ for Jaeger and Kaiju research, including coverage and commentary on the latest news, chronicling the growth of Pacific Rim in all forms of media, including film, TV, merch, games, and literature, interviews with the Pacific Rim community and the creators themselves, deep dives into the characters, technology, and creatures, explorations and explanations of Pacific Rim lore, and much, much more. So with that regular rundown out of the way, and that's how we kind of go. So that's what I said at the top of the show. But I figured, since I got you here, I figured I'd sort of deliver that sort of spiel for you, just to kind of, yeah, that's that's literally... um, that's literally going to be our vibe here. So we will have, um, and I, I can't wait to sort of, that's how we're going to find out what each of you would find yourselves wanting to lend like a voice to a discussion of. If you, if we're going to have obviously an episode for each kaiju, we're going to have an episode for each character, even uh, it's going to be pretty much the most exhaustive kind of collation of uh, discussion and deep dives. That's the sort of secret mission of interactive artistry is to create these nice sure. big, big libraries of material for posterity. You know, it's so, going to be the go-to. So when someone wants to drain a hundred hours into Pacific Rim, they can oh, yeah. tune in. If you guys want to talk about Duke, <laughs> Kyrie and Duke Jessup, uh, the pilots of the Mark One, uh, you know, Jaeger from Japan, Tacit Ronin, then we be where you want to is. Awesome. Right. So, which pilot from the movie Pacific Rim One Ooh. would you want to drift with? Um, let's see. Ah, <laughs> that, that that one dude who like tries to sell the guy the bone powder. No, I'm kidding. Um, wizened, uh, uh, the, wizened man. The wizened man. No, I <laughs> yeah, would probably want to. <laughs> so good. 
<laughs> I would want to dr uh, drift with Hannibal Chow. I, w I want to see what the hell is inside that fucking crazy dude's head. Yeah, yeah. it'd be pretty crazy. But you got to remember, you don't want to like chase the rabbit too hard. Yeah. Like Marco, you might blow. You don't need to tell me what my fetishes are. Out. If I feel like chasing rabbits, you can't stop me. Okay, I'm a free woman. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, was, I, excuse I, I, me. <laughs> Listen, this is not the fur Pacific Furry podcast, okay? Not yet. Uh, not yet. But, um, trust me, after 50 <laughs> episodes, you may well push into that territory. <laughs> Incredible. So, um, but yeah, to further address uh, the, the ever-shifting vibes of interactive artistry, which again, some people I'm sure they've seen the interactive artistry kind of logo, they know that we are, and it is very much earnest, it's not tongue-in-cheek, we, we do have this earnest mission to yeah. uh, expand and deepen people's appreciation for these like nuanced aspects, that's what we do, but like I think I may have even riffed with you about it like in, in Instagram chat, it's like, if I can't, if, we, if you're not able to sort of take breathers from that and dip into other subjects and really um, like leverage how like multifaceted and sort of yeah. how how wide the subject matter can be like veering off and veering off into comedy as well then um i would slowly shrivel up and just feel just like completely uh, inert because um you've been to you know or, or like any kind of school you know that you can go hella dry and hella academic and i we are definitely not that <laughs> yeah yeah so um now for yourself who would you drift with it's got to be Marco Mori. Ah, oh, well, I'd, I'd say Stacker Pentecost, but he takes nothing into the drift, so you're really not getting anything back. Oh, how about Pentastackercost? What about that Pente guy? What about Stanker Pentecost? <laughs> yo, yo, Pento! Yo, you yeah. use a stank, um, Pento. <laughs> or Max the Bulldog, another of my favorite characters. Yes. Um, he seems like a, a real down-to-earth, genuine dog. You need to get in touch, as a new plural, you both need to somehow do something with David Lynch. Because, you know, there's <laughs> there's that podcast called Night Vale. They don't got shit on, on Premiere Quest. Like, they no, really... I think we need to write a script for uh, Pacific Room 3 before yeah. anyone else has and send it to someone and see yeah. what we can do. I want to see... Pacific Rim 3 entirely told from the perspective of Raiju. Of Raiju. We okay. did for quite a while do a zone called Script Zone on Premiere Quest Podcast where we riffed what we thought might exist in the Pacific Rim 2. This is way back. We never released any of it. And it always just became way, way, way too bizarre <laughs> for us to consider releasing. Okay. So on no, on, at no part did you say, oh, well, it's going to have John Boyega, nothing like that. Never hit any no, close. Yeah, okay. No. Like, I think I'd cast Meryl Streep and Daniel Day-Lewis as the leads. <laughs> Get ready. Which would be good. But... <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, gosh. Just think, imagining uh, them on a, on a sincere note, though, I think my full appreciation of of that depth of law yeah in pacific room and, and the depth of detail and design came from the first time i uh, watched the film with the director's commentary on oh big like time when you hear del toro goes into so much detail about every single aspect of mm. it. and then the uh, the interesting way that he basically told pacific room like a sports movie mm -hmm. uh, you know you got riley the washed up yeah, the, the once were hero that's come back into the team and he's got to prove himself against right. the Hansons and everything. 
That's awesome. right. Yeah. Um, I figured I'd actually take this moment to. I was initially considering making it part of our regular intro, but um, uh, it's it's very lengthy, so I might um I might just sort of deliver it here because you sort of um sort of flowed quite naturally. You sort of teed it up. So for our listeners, I would also say that um speaking of the deeper meanings of the Pacific Rim, um uh, I figured I'd sort of explain about our name. So the name Shadow Dome. Uh, as well as referring to the in-universe sort of um, HQ for uh, Jaeger and Kaiju research and development and all that, um, the name Shadowdom also means something else to us here. So, um, yeah, we want to shatter Pacific Rim's cult status of being considered niche or just a popcorn movie and allow the powerful universal themes and symbolism at its core to, sh- to you know, to shine through. You know, uh, concepts such as um, choosing to believe in and trust in one another as one united race that are all in this together um, the world saving itself through brave flawed people seeing themselves in one another and reconnecting with ourselves and others um, through our shared humanity and diversity so we can break down walls face our demons comfort and inspire our inner child and unleash the spirit of youthful fun back into our lives of all ages nationalities and creeds defying and denying the true monster of adult jadedness from ever taking over and getting us down. (laughs) (laughs) The melding of cerebral and silly, of spectacle and sincerity, of philosophy and fun, all wrapped up in a fresh, wonderfully original and thrilling premise. That is the gift and miracle of Pacific Rim in this era of playing it safe and relying on rehashes, remakes, and endless sequels. That is why it stands against the unending hurricane of bland, inane noise in defiance of mediocrity and sameness, daring to be something more. This accomplishment in and of itself cements Pac Rim as an extremely rare feat of creativity and risk-taking worthy of recognition for that fact alone. But without an uprising of people willing to give the entirety of what Pacific Rim truly is a fair chance, it runs the very real risk of falling into misunderstood and undervalued obscurity, never breaching into the wider consciousness of art and entertainment, which would be a dire and regrettable shame indeed. To ensure this never happens, we must step step outside the norm and take up the challenge of turning the tide. Only one more bit here, and then we'll discuss if that's all right my friend um yeah sure so speaking of uh, taking up the challenge of turning the tide look no further as i referred to earlier look no further than interactive artistry our home network and a predominantly games focused company breaking format to allow the shadow dome into its ranks to add our voices to the fight after all both endeavors share the same mission deepening the appreciation of an art form's undervalued and more nuanced aspects, redefining the established status quo and adding new dimensions of understanding to public perception of this genre and medium alike, encouraging people to see something more than just flashy superficial distraction, and expressing the full suite of artistic and creative merits that both Games and Pacific Rim undoubtedly have. And why not? Consider us an extended petition for a fully fleshed out Pacific Rim RPG as well. So let us celebrate this immeasurably underrated masterpiece of fictional universe telling, an an incomparable feat of profoundly transcendent storytelling, a veritable triumph of dynamic world building, sublimely realized operatic spectacle replete with timeless and enduring themes, and above all, a quintessentially humanity-affirming expression of pure joy, boundless imagination, and endless awesomeness. 
that is the Pacific Rim universe. And now, without further ado, let's drift. So there you go. There's awesome. our manifesto. Thank you for your patience and listening to it. It's very much, again, as I said, that's how I, I, I've accepted it. It's like <laughs> taking ownership of like, yeah, this is how I how I uh, articulate myself with things. So It's good to have a vision. I dig it. And uh, now, yeah. How did you uh, fight to uh, exclude the quote that you're cancelling the apocalypse? <laughs> Was that part of dispelling the cult status? Because when you say, oh, have you seen Pacific Rim to any of your friends? They're like, oh, is that one where Idris Elba's like, today we are cancelling the apocalypse. You know what and we're you doing? Have to say we're, yes. we're fucking cancelling the apocalypse. No, and Vinny, Vinny Jones, listen, we got Idris for this role, all right? Yeah. Get off yeah. the fucking stage. Didn't they originally cast Tom Cruise in the role of Sacred Pentecost. You you just I'm reminded me of that. No, no, I, I remember from from uh, uh, Guillermo's, um, you know, the Cabinet of Curiosities book. I think uh, he, yeah. made, I think they touch on it there. I can't. Premier Quest definitely wouldn't exist if they had no. I can't even do. And I doubt the Shadow no. Dome. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, that is the thread. That is the one thread that would basically have unraveled everything. But. Um, but yeah, so you're the first, uh, and I, I, you know, again, we can't really see, we're doing audio only, but I can tell with when something like, you know, a manifesto is being read out, like I just came off of art school, believe me, I know that uh, they can sometimes be super overwrought and all the flowery language. I, that is me having condensed, like, and really tried to get the right words down. And um, I appreciate actually you saying, um, having a vision. And um, that's kind of what we want to do. It's it's obviously pretty daunting because there's, we don't really have a, a model for um, what we're doing with interactive mm-hmm. artistry. We, um, with Fumito Ueda podcast, for example, um, the way we say it in that intro is that we, um, I say the thing about wanting to build like a, a sort of library of just, uh, just extended, as I call them, real people chats that are just, you know, if we actually did sit down in a cafe with like a cozy kind of atmosphere, maybe in Denmark, would you like sit down in a cafe in Denmark with uh, Richard and myself? Yeah, certainly. I they... mean, I may stand. Okay, but, okay, uh, fine, yeah, fine. That's just how I feel comfortable. All right, be awkward. Oh, God, that just reminds me of when we were, like, kids. It's like, if you ever did anything outside of the socially, like, enforced norm, it's like, honey, <laughs> can you sit down? Honey, yeah, yeah. honey, you're okay. not going to have another? You're not going to have another? Mum? I'll relent and I'll, and I'll, I'll agree. <laughs> but needless to say, yeah. But that's um, the reason I think of Denmark actually is because they have this thing called Hygge. It's a H-Y-G-G-E. It literally mm-hmm. means it's an untranslatable, it's one word, but it means cozy, happy, sitting down with friends. It's, it's cold outside, but warm inside. And people are wearing jumpers and drinking hot chocolate with uh, marshmallows. And it's snowing outside. So that one word means like 10 things. Wow. Yeah. So, in my mind, even though I'm crouched, <laughs> crouched up in my amazing Canberra basement, anytime I'm on my mm-hmm. podcast, I I, uh, I uh, pretend that that's the case. And in the uh, hopefully the future of uh, interactive artistry, the idea is to have like a palatial, beautiful, but slash quite cozy sort of headquarters where we'll be able to um, yeah fly you over. Why not? Why not dream? I wanna I wanna send yeah, you sure. guys the the Shadow Dome private jet so you guys can. That uh, sounds good. Of course, I always tend to record completely covered in olive oil um, <laughs> virgin olive oil if i can just so that the that, that smoothness did you go extra olive for me my voice did you go yeah i am extra virgin olive oil extra yeah virgin. i've Thank ruined you. the carpet actually in yeah. fact see that's how you know that's commitment listeners it is yeah. I, don't, I doubt many of the guests you have will do that <laughs> well you know we do have it as our patreon tier it's like um 
we will know like we we have the we have ways of knowing whether or not you um oil up before listening to each of our mm-hmm. podcasts and if you don't fulfill that you don't get the perks of that particular tier so it's the olive, yeah, that's, that's the olive oil four or something the olive oil tier inspired yeah. by uh, your good. shenanigans um, do you think that a pacific rim rpg would would actually work i've played a lot of rpg video games well, we thought about this, um, uh, and we sort of we did a bit of back and forth, Rico and I, earlier in the episode. So what he basically, I said third person, you know, you want to go something where um, I think there was like a PS2 Peter Jackson. He he made uh, it was like Peter Jackson's King Kong, and you played as Kong. But I think really? something that would yeah. But then Rico um, had this riff about doing a little bit what they're going to be doing in a few months with um, Jurassic World Evolution is that. Uh, it's more like a strategy game and I was like oh that's interesting well if you combine say if you put Age of Empires and Tekken together you, then you'd have the perfect Pacific Rim game so yeah, you would yeah. you would be you'd be able to choose either developing these creatures and shaping them and, and um, you know creating all kinds of crazy kaiju as the precursors and you could have a whole precursor um, you could just choose that side in this sort of RTS meets fighting That'd game be cool. um, and so then you obviously grow your Jaegers or develop your Jaegers you allocate resources and all that and then when these fucking gigantic things things are all ready to go you it becomes Tekken it becomes Tekken so what do you reckon of that I would play the shit out of that game it sounds fantastic what do you reckon of that I've played heaps of Titanfall 2 ah. and that the satisfaction of being a pilot and hopping into the mech that they have in there I, like I kind Big of imagine time. a game where you could make a battle royale style mm. with Jaegers and Kaiju I don't know exactly how it works oh god different than PUBG or Fortnite. You have a but you have man, a blueprint there. You definitely have a blueprint there. Um, you know what, uh, Luke, you just reminded me. So we have our series. I figured I'd tell our listeners about it and yourself. Um, I think I may have mentioned it to you. With the main show, we have this um sub series. Uh, the main show is just called Straight Up Interactive Artistry. We have a sub series called Make This Exist, which we just released our premiere episode of that particular sub series. With um, I teamed up with uh, Philip Mitchell from the um Dark Crystal podcast, and he's uh from Melbourne, and awesome. he's been going pretty um pretty, uh, sort of um premier quest kind of length of um you know uh being at it and what he basically he actually interviewed cheryl henson who's jim henson's daughter mm-hmm. um and you know no big deal she was just hanging around uh you know the puppet shop while yoda was being made so like no big deal wow. at all. so a couple of de- awesome. couple of degrees away from uh the little green guy which is really cool um and so what we did with that is yeah we just sort of again sort of did it we did a mini version you and i just now but we did like each make this exist episode is like proper deep dive and the the it is completely open if you want to talk about a lemon sherbet game where you play as anthropomorphic lemon sherbet we can do that i was um, actually listening to the auntie donna podcast which is a uh, an australian export you may have come across yeah, i talking about um it was a bit morbid but it would be an interesting episode where you start off in like a Call of Duty world, like that kind of a game in the story mode. Yeah. You fire your shot. The first person that dies, that actually doesn't quite die, <laughs> for the rest of that game, you like deal with having to recuperate uh, the PTSD of war, like <laughs> having a wife who kind of resents having to come back and look after you because she was enjoying working at the factory. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Just like. <laughs> <laughs> just like spoilers for season three of, of Twin Peaks, but uh, actually, yeah. you know what? I'll stop myself now because have you seen Twin Peaks the season three, and do you care to see it, my friend Luke? 
I really do love the first two seasons, but I have not watched the. Well, I will. Well. I just watched Pacific Rim too much. Yeah, uh, simple as that, definitely. But yeah, in that case, I won't d- dive into the example I was about to give. But l- needless to say, um, I could see that happening. I pr- we'll probably get the anti-donor guys if they've got a mind for that sort of thing. We need them on here as well. Um, we also have another sub-series called uh, Love at First Play. So it was whatever. It's just that. It's just that game. Whatever it was uh, for me, it was Banjo Kazooie, big time. Like mm-hmm. I could, I could. Uh, I would drift with uh, either of those guys for sure. But um, yeah, so those are a little bit of a mini uh, uh, sort of tangent into describing the main show and the sort of the endeavor. And um, it was good to get a bit a bit of background on how you and Richard met and uh, and how Pro- and Premier Quest got started. But so just for our listeners who were, you know, again, we I sort of say this throughout the show, I sort of like make sure to sort of touch on it once in a while that we do have kind of a loose loose structure in the um, games parlance it's called wide linear so we have a general direction we go in but we sort of meander as much as we want but we do have sure. a sort of, yeah so round about this time when Rico jumped off we had just finished doing the reddit readouts so we sort of um pulled up some of the um uh, yeah, sorry, the Reddit rundown where we just go, we jump on the Reddit and we talk about sort of the activity there. And what we do is we like like to highlight the sort of people who have put like high effort posts. And what that actually ends up doing is it encourages high effort posts because then there's no question that if you put a beautiful piece of artwork on, we'll either be shouting you out on the show or probably in all likelihood asking you to be an interview <laughs> on the show, yeah. you know? So awesome. um, yeah, did you have the Reddit out uh, in front of you by any chance? I can pull it up for sure. Let's make it happen. Make it happen. Yeah. Okay, let me just. Are you a mobile user or you're on the on the the, the desktop? Uh, I am bringing it up on my mobile. The the uh, Reddit is fun app on Android is really good. Yeah, gotta you gotta go with the the app. Yeah, all right, I'm on it. I dig it. The sound effect of you getting it ready um, uh, actually sounded like like from the original, uh, the like 1960s or 70s Willy Wonka, uh, like when Mike TV is trying to like when he gets like eaten by the TV. It's it sounded pretty pretty interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we just got. To, I do go for that actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, so at the at the I've actually go by new posts because sometimes that can show some really interesting stuff. We have a mutated knife head by user Spicoli OS. Um, and oh it yes, is, Richard sent me this today. It's crazy. Look at that thing. It's like Cthulhu-tastic. Do you think it looks? Like mildly unwell it does sadly um uh, and we know obviously part of a healthy kaiju's lifestyle is to have the gap in the the forearms that's what you're looking for in a healthy happy um, knife head but we're looking at yes, a, cu- a couple too many uh, eye stalks so um he's been to he's been into some uh, some some nasty some of that meth stuff that you were talking about before so. he's heavily addicted to kaiju blue i think this yeah. knife head absolutely so but shout out to um to user spicola wyatt Speak, speak only, oh yes, um, for your. It's pretty impressive. It's sort of that really classic Japanese, yeah, artistic style applied over a um, over Del Toro's knife. It is pretty awesome. That's right. That's right. I'm hearing a bit of a continued noise um, on your end, buddy. I think you may be attacked by like a gnat or something. Oh, really? Yeah, I just hear like. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Just figure it out. I'll try. I'll try hold the mic really steady. Too easy. Okay, so. We then have it's it's okay. I can also do all the magic. Oh, it's probably stuff. just my phone. So the the mic is going to be fine. You oh, can edit this out unless yeah, people absolutely. really want to hear the behind the scenes interactive artistry. <laughs> That's right. So we have. Um, let's see. You know what? Actually, I'll switch things up. I'll go to new posts. Uh, sorry, hot posts and sort of um, 
stick to what we said about sort of the other higher effort and the higher recognition. So we have a few people dropping spoilers, which is um, to be expected as we lead further in. What is your plan, um, Luke, for uh, the increasing uh, visibility of spoilers? And uh, what is your chosen spoiler tier? We have clip spoilers, trailer spoilers, and track listing spoilers. So which one are you going for? Or well, that's... It's that annoying new trend that's come about, mm. I don't know, it's got to be since about 2015, with some movies, movies where they think they're not entirely sure if they're going to be blockbuster successes or not, mm. the trailers and clips are getting increasingly more spoiler alerty. Mm. And this movie, for whatever reason, they've decided to do the same thing. Yeah. There are just so many. I, I read that track list, which basically outlines the entire plot uh. of the film. Gosh, and I, I didn't read it on purpose. I was like, what am I reading here? Yeah. Then all of a sudden, every single scene is described. Jeez. So any listeners who haven't seen it, I would avoid it. Avoid, avoid. Um, and yeah, uh, I think, yeah, Rico said that it, um, but then again, Rico, he, he's he's in deep. He's in deep with the, he's he's deep undercover. You know, he's got the yeah. wires on him constantly. He's he's become one of them. You know, I, I don't even know. I don't recognize you anymore. You don't look at me during. Sorry, 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 <laughs> sorry. I had to. I had to. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Hey, don't apologize to me. I uh, remember okay. him putting a message to all on the Legendary Monsters Discord server. He's like, absolutely no spoilers. <laughs> and I was like, all right, that's his level. And then he clearly has let that go, I think. He has. He's, he's gone where I cannot follow, Samwise. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, but no, but that's okay. And and he was actually very respectful. He, uh, you'll hear it later. The cheeky portrait. Have you ever heard him speak by any, by any chance? No, He's... I mean I've, I've I've I got very close to his house. What I think was his house, and I, and I snuck <laughs> up the gangster and listened. Gangster. Long flight to Portugal, but I didn't get much. That's right. You just stood outside his door, just like yeah. just like the strangers with Liv Tyler. Just... Is his real name Rico? Um, it's something. Uh, I think it's in his tag. It's, <laughs> oh, he does have a name. He, he does. Like that's really generous of his parents. You know, like it's yeah. it's apparently a thing. You know, there's a certain amount of names that are allocated every year uh, in Portugal that they, you mm-hmm. know, once you've run out of the name, once you've used your name allotment, like after that, any surplus babies don't actually get names. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I understand that. Yeah. Same thing in New Zealand, actually. Nameless. Yeah. So, what other posts did you guys discuss the that you might want to touch on? I actually feel really sad for your, even your hypothetical nameless New Zealand uh, compatriots that uh, that don't have names. Um. Anyway. Uh, they'll be all right. They'll be all right. It's a bloody good country. They'll um. They'll deal with it. I'm glad that uh, Clint Eastwood decided to name his son something because you know he was the man with no name, so he couldn't just name his son No Name Eastwood. You know, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, it doesn't really roll off the tongue. <laughs> really. Scott Eastwood is, is a, I guess that's a bit of it. Yeah, but I'm actually really intrigued to see what kind of performance he turns in, in yeah. this film. Me too. Especially. I don't know much about him at all. Yeah, especially if he's being, um, especially if he's being uh, sort of touted as like Jake's best friend. And initially, you know, um, I wouldn't have pinned them as like even say for the non-fiction version of Pac Rim. Like I weirdly couldn't even really see that. Like I think John Boyega is maybe he's a bit younger than us, maybe 26 probably. And like uh, Scott Eastwood, I wouldn't put him a day past. 31 but he's like yeah it's it's an interesting disparity maybe like work colleagues at target or something but um but yeah you know but anyway um so yeah so with rico i'll tell you right now it's uh you'll hear he's a he's a mischievous sounding portuguese man that constantly has (laughs) secrets he's like okay well maybe i am maybe i'm not it's just like <laughs> it speaks in this very uh, sounds intriguing like a gin you know D-J-I-N-N. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 
for sure. But no, that that was that was interesting, and and yeah, that was his thing with spoilers. Though. He was very respectful. He said, "Look, I I know a whole bunch. Some things that like yeah are basically probably." It's just straight up what's in the movie. So, but I I did this for Force Awakens. I I sort of made my agreement with uh, the spoiler god. So I was like, this is I am good, and I just spoiled pro- probably over ninety percent of that film for me. The only surprise for that film were for me was um, when uh, Solo's name was revealed. Like as in like um, Ben Ben's like your father Han Solo. Like that's the only thing I didn't know. Um, everything else, including Han's death, I knew. Uh, like a year yeah, see, in that's advance. a shame. That's such a huge thing about why yeah. video games are so amazing is because you discover every part of it traditionally yeah. uh, by yourself. Yeah. And you, we're losing that a little bit with these um, lead-ups. That's why the new Cloverfield movie was kind of cool, even though it was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, um, it was cool because it just dropped and there was no lead-up and it was there was still some mystery there i think it's like an incredibly beautifully lavishly wrapped and like surprise arrived sort of a basic piece of driftwood and you're like oh yeah okay well this is a very beautifully wrapped piece of driftwood but driftwood it remains yeah <laughs> and i do like it but i don't think i'm ever going to look at it again exactly <laughs> a quote from luke from premiere quest yeah. watching this film was like watching a piece of driftwood <laughs> yeah fine for a while but i'm not gonna do it again <laughs> i love it but anyway so i figured i would uh, field sort of some rapid fire for you from from uprising which i'm sure you guys have discussed extensively uh, by the very virtue of the premise of your show hoping to get a few questions here and there that you may not have uh, thought of the angles of even though again it's your purview to sort of dive uh, and approach this material in the way that you do um even though i do appreciate so much of the surrealistic turns again what a, an amazing un, un, unexpected surprise to find out that like these two kind of combined um again they're not that you don't usually utter them in, in common parlance it's you never really throw surrealistic non-sequitur amazing fucking like just free association uh you know uh, stream of consciousness uh you know all that the experimentosode stuff that i love so much from you guys like <laughs> you're I, really I, underselling the amount of yeah. <laughs> that planning we secretly have to do for those oh really uh, yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah, um, there's a lot of improv on the spot but yeah. boy oh boy do we take That's our a... sweet time working out what we're gonna do i do <laughs> oh it's it's a smooth it's ooh. i need to buy that borrow that uh buy him sure if you're bartering squire he's like an... yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's but... actually incredibly cheap because uh <laughs> We can pay him middle-aged wages. Uh, for the listeners who don't I, know, we actually, our editor is actually a ghost from the Middle Ages named Squire Heath. I love that, exactly. Uh, he's, he's extremely cheap. He's very cheap. And I love how you said middle-aged wages, and that needs to be a thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It, well, sort of. <laughs> not, but, uh, not particularly ethical if the person's not a ghost. That's right, that's right. So what I'll do, um, my friend, is first I'll get a kind of gauge on the next couple weeks for you guys. You don't obviously have to disclose anything that you aren't happy disclosing yet, but we do know that you were, you mentioned it on one of your recent episodes, that you were contacted by Legendary. Um, how is that shaping up to the to only, only saying what you're comfortable saying, my friend? Well, so the whole goal of the podcast was to get tickets to the Hollywood premiere. Mm. Uh, that's not looking brilliant but it's still a possibility okay um so maybe we're gonna have to downgrade it to some form of premiere of pacific room uprising uh mm-hmm. we may or may not also have some really interesting interviews coming up with oh uh, some people you wouldn't be expecting us to interview oh. 
Um, Fantastic. So that'll be cool if that works out. Okay. Uh, but as to where to from uh, from the date of Premiere, I'm not actually sure what's going to happen to Premiere Quest. Didn't know you guys yeah, were interviewing that. Ajit Pai, the, the guy who uh, got rid of net neutrality. I had no idea you had that guest lined up. Yeah, it will be an interesting interview. It, it took quite a bit of work yeah. uh, to get, bring the FCC yeah. on. That's right. Uh, but if we, yeah, we'll interview who we can. You had to find his bunker first. Yep. Yep. Of course. Right. <laughs> oh boy. But uh, Mark, please continue, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's basically it, though. Really. Okay. Um, okay. It's good. We're going. We so we're into the fourth season of Premiere Quest now. We really want it to be a doozy, so we're working quite hard, mm-hmm. putting in quite a bit of time on each of these remaining episodes leading up to the premiere. Amazing. I'm and, happy to um, do the art. Working for the out box whether set. or not we're going to have. Um, sort of a, a post-season where we commiserate our losses or one where we celebrate we're not quite sure yet i have a strong feeling it will be the latter celebration my friend it's gonna happen it's uh i have a sense i have a sense for these things call it podcaster's intuition yes <laughs> oh, i appreciate that, that positivity yeah i dig it man absolutely um sure. okay so what that was next oh, so go ahead no so all, what do you got next what's the next question what do you, what do you got for me huh huh yeah 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 huh? Hit me. I'm ready. <laughs> you want to fight about it? Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so my next question for you would be, um, so with yourself and Richard, so obviously there's the time difference. Um, recording your own shows, uh, you know, I, uh, you guys have a uh, just a tighter, as I put it, just a tighter, snappier length, which I really appreciate. Um, uh, yeah. And it's good to sort of easily sort of flow from one episode to the next really good. Um, but it does also speak to what kind of length of um, time to sort of discuss anything really, or just to be in front of your computer, however, however long you guys um, kind of record for. So what knowing, knowing, uh, knowing Richard and knowing yourself, what kind of length of time would you like your appearances on the show to be either recording live with Rico, which because he's in Portugal, I'm increasingly thinking, I don't want to inflict that on you guys in terms of, mm. we'll probably do it once in a while, maybe for the review show, but for the rest, I want to, um, you know, um, be, be, I think yeah, be kind half of. an hour is a pretty good amount of time ah, for us because much longer than that. And, um, and you get sleepy. Yeah. And you get sleepy. Well, the quality certainly dives. <laughs> we've, well, tr- we've tried. What we'll do is uh, we'll keep them mostly to 30, I reckon. I love that. It's a snappy uh, half uh, the power out, the half an hour of power. I need. I'll, I'll workshop it. I'll workshop it. Half an hour of power. You never know. I mean, we could stay for longer. It all just depends on. Yeah. We don't want to give you guys crap. crap. <laughs> the, the vibe. <laughs> and you're trying to blow the cult status, and I, I don't are. know how much we will help with that that's right actually that gives us a mini topic there so in terms of the cult classic status which what i have always appreciated so much about uh, you know there's these um it's the phrase of uh you know a work that is done so well that it transcends its genre transcends its trappings so to speak or it's or it's kind of main deal and uh, we've seen that with shape of water where it transcended essentially being um it could have easily so easily have fallen into uh, obscurity that's the thing like in an alternate universe uh luke pacific rim did phenomenous phenomenally uh and the shape of water became a uh, a cult classic like doesn't the shape of water sound like a cult classic right yeah it does and so we're in this bizarre universe where the opposite has happened again the most bankable and Enrico was saying this he was like i hope you'll hear it in the, in the episode itself but he's like i was hoping for pacific rim to be the x-men 2000 like the one that came out that kickstarted uh, an yeah. entire sort of uh, you know the mcu and everything so we're seeing that a bit with you know godzilla um you know i actually think that 
Pacific Rim Uprising probably will spawn yes. a lot of other Pacific Rim movies. On ready. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, yeah. Whether, yeah. I don't know what they'll turn out to be like and if they'll have that same aesthetic and the yeah. quality that you guys seem to hire, hmm. seem to hold in really high esteem. Yeah. I don't know if that will be in every one of those movies. Yeah. But it was there from the start, so, I mean, it's got a bit of chance in, say, Transformers. Yeah. He set the palette, as they say. Um, yeah. And what I think is uh, has a good likelihood good likelihood of happening is that the very f one of the probably the very first uh, like to me at least the kaiju movie uh the, the original 50s godzilla um is perfectly encapsulates what you know pacific rim did which is you can approach it on the surface level as this um you know uh bombastic you know spectacle filled um popcorn turn your brain off kind of thing but if you want to see it um if you uh, if you kind of are wired wired in the way that you like to appreciate the sort of deeper layers of things you can delve like the force for example with star wars like and then there's the drift with um with Pacific Rim and like my my girlfriend, she does um like uh, she does emotional intelligence kind of work. She sort of does coaching work with um, people who are like pretty pretty divorced from their own kind of self language and they don't have mm -hmm. a, a real um, capacity. Like stack a Pentecost. Yeah, just totally locked out and they don't quote unquote drift with themselves. Like they have they push that away. So you can open up so many avenues of dialogue about that with Pacific Rim. Again, it didn't have mm. to have that element. It could have easily just been oh they just connect they just boom plug in and that's it. But um, that the fact that Travis Beecham wanted to make that uh, a metaphor for um, you know being able to connect through shared humanity through shared wounds and uh, and trauma um and help kind of mend each other's broken hearts sort of thing all that you know this is what created the ginormous uh eye rolls that probably happened like it's it was such a naive uh beautifully innocent kind of premise but obviously the fact that it's gotten a sequel great testament to the timeless themes and everything and also to um the continued sort of uh, uh, you know sm shining star that is that is smiling on this like miracle of a franchise that somehow managed to make it through and get a sequel and everything but um, yeah yeah but a huge part of it I think is is uh, the fact that you can see deeper if you want to with Pacific Rim where that isn't the case with certain other properties with like Transformers for example but uh, yeah go ahead man oh no so uh where are we at? oh I'm, i just, just throw, deep, deep i i, I, I immediately just i just throw it i throw it around to people whatever if they have anything yeah, sure. but if you don't that's cool i'll throw it back to me um so i suppose what i was going to say is um uh that's kind of where we'll probably be mostly sort of in that sort of sphere of um really diving into like just taking we're going to have a an entire episode based on um uh, you know uh, the the the, the striker Eureka, you know uh, the the Hanson Chuck and Herc Hanson. Um, awesome. And I'm not sure if you've heard it. I, I strongly strongly recommend you hear this episode. It's likely you may have already heard it, but there's uh, the movie. Uh, uh, I think it's called. Um, I'm not sure. Damn it, I'm forgetting it. Movie talk or something. It's not. It's not um, Collider, but it's called the Gonzo Movie Review or something. And they did a. Two oh yeah. Yeah, you've heard that episode. I haven't heard of. It. I know exactly. I'm going to send it to you. It's it was um, a huge. I actually considered alongside um, Premiere Quest to uh, be a pillar of what inspired and what uh, what what sort of made me think. Okay, I, I I can speak to. I can I can share share my voice and I can lend my voice to this uh, mm -hmm. realm of you know podcasting in relation to Pacific Rim because I guarantee you. Dude, I'll give you a little tease. Here's the tease. So they say they do deep in in depth kind of reviews and and symbolism. You know, they actually spoke in the same vein as you did about uh, Guillermo's um, commentary, which again, it's it's almost, 
it just changes the whole thing because you know how he talks about the operatic like what he yeah. was going with like his objectives with like trying to channel de goya and all these sort of yeah. beautiful influences you know that he means completely unironically like he's he's very very steeped in it and i just love how all throughout the process he was untouched by literally uh, probably a whole vast swath of the industry and uh, the critics and everything just rolling their eyes being like why am i here listening to a mexican explain to me that there is a connection between uh, ultraman and francisco de goya you know i know it's so good eh? <laughs> i love it he did know? such a good job of it even, even at the very start of that director's commentary when he talks about how he didn't want to hold the monster back from the viewer to you know like the 120th minute and he shows it literally right at the very start that's right and it instantly captures the viewer so it was such a genius decision that's right it's why people love Pacific Rim in the first instance I think because it it kicks off so quick absolutely oh also i need to make sure to get it so that i don't forget on the airwaves for this one so listeners um that trailer i put out actually um uh for the podcast itself that was in a really beautiful kind of interweaving of uh, you know uh, combined kind of we both had sort of he wanted uh you know luke and richard had this segment on their one of their shows of uh wanting to hear different perspectives on pacific rim and he fielded two questions to me that is essentially i i edited that edited that a bit and that is the first trailer so which you asked those two great questions which is um you know pacific rim is is given the label or you know uh, treat you know presented as like a, an intellectuals action film um and then the other one was uh what's what makes um you know pacific rim uh, yeah more than just a popcorn film i loved it and and again and like guillermo is the like he's so as 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 nuanced as he is he's just a bro he's like fucking i love this shit man like i'm yeah. <laughs> i'm coming up with half of these crazy ideas and i'm bashing the the toys together so he has this great balance between intellectualism and like childlike innocence like what a cool dude you know yeah he must be such a he seems like such a nice guy yeah for sure behind the and like the intelligence and how intimidating that must be to hang out with him and create with him i dig speaking mm. of um Guillermo and also with new zealand i um recently attended a wedding uh i won't say their name but uh he has worked he's a, a pre-visualization artist from new zealand who worked on pacific rim uprising and he and his team are extremely extremely excited about it and uh, he actually worked with guillermo himself uh, on the wow. aban- the abandoned hobbit thing uh project and he's a very apparently he liked to like mess with people's like desks like as they were setting up and getting <laughs> ready to start filming um the Doesn't hobbit me. yeah he's just a, a big kid and uh, um, to see that big kid on the stage earlier today, uh, just owning it. Like I, I, I say this with the, the the Death Stranding podcast is like when a creator reaches the fuck it point in their career and they say I will only create something if it completely speaks to me and and energizes me uh, with the prospect of putting something out that hasn't been done before that I'm not concerned with mm. critical commercial acclaim it's just a pure artistic expression and then to be recognized on that stage it's um, yeah that's something hey. Yeah, they're always the best artists, the ones that are going their own way completely and that are supported with a big budget. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, my friend Luke, before we, because it's we're going into the an hour with yourself, man. Talk about 30 minutes. <laughs> it yeah, is the, the longest the half of a premiere quest episode <laughs> we've ever recorded. Um, maybe we'll tail off with... Uh, uh, what I'll tail off with is, is your, your, your greatest hope for Uprising. I hope it carries forward all of those things that everyone loves about Pacific Rim. Yeah. You know, the the aesthetic and the the themes of unity and the 
everything like that. But also, though, I just really hope that the kaiju are impressive Ooh. and that they have some of those quirky characters again. You know, it's yeah, Goss looks like he's going to be a bit of a cool dude. But <laughs> I equally hope that Herman and Newt play a role and there's another type of you know Hannibal Chow all that kind of stuff that yeah. made it actually a bit more interesting by Jove we're going to do this thing for sure <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right I, I love that. that there's that it's always sunny in Philadelphia episode too where Boone Gorman turns up and he basically plays the exact same character <laughs> okay this is you may even hang up after this but get this this is the worst and I am the worst but I have only seen and by the way Guillermo del Toro shout out he was on an episode of freaking <laughs> Yeah, oh. he plays such a great character in it too. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, you have to check it out. So All funny. right, so you know where I'm going with this. So sadly, in the weirdest way, just like with busyness and whatever, yeah, I'm, I'm, you're going to hang up now, I know it. I have only seen clips. I haven't seen even a full episode of that. Am I missing out, my friend? Do I need to stop oh, yeah, everything? That, to me, it's Oof. hands down the best comedy TV series on TV right. now, if not, if not ever. I ain't fucking with you, little punk ass nigga. So I ain't fucking with you. If you ever... Uh, the best episode to check out, and your listeners, if you haven't checked this out, is probably The Gang Solves the Gas Crisis. <laughs> Even though it's in, I can't exactly remember what season, but it doesn't matter. That's you don't name. need any of the back content. You just watch that, and you'll definitely want to watch everything. All right, so I'm going to watch that. Probably, I'm, I'm not even kidding. I'm actually going to watch it tonight. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. For sure. Work of art. Absolutely. Well, you know what? Um, since we sort of, yes, it literally, literally a split this sort of premiere episode in the middle, um, I just, I just, sorry, I get this OCD satisfaction from the fact that, like, not only are you kindred in just, like, from what we each do and how we each sort of view both this material and, like, Tim and Eric, oh my god, we haven't even dived into that, like, petite feet, batman and step, and step. Batman and yeah you know, so good. well anytime you want to have us on um <laughs> give us a shout i'm sure we'll turn up you you've seen obviously the vodka absolute shorts yeah oh. <laughs> god <Yeah>. damn it <laughs> yeah. it's too uh, hot it's too I really hot miss those guys i really want them to get back together and put out some more did awesome you see episodes. did you see the special the the spaghetti special it was the um the adult yeah. swim they yeah. did yeah yeah Tiny Lamborghini, got my guinea, got my tiny <laughs> that Lamborghini. That was so great, that song. <laughs> it gets stuck in your head forever. Uh, yeah, Ray's freaking, she's like in a serious like life coach. She's just like, I'll just hear her just be like, Tiny Lamborghini, got my <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric Wilhelm's got to be one of my favorite humans on earth, I think. <laughs> well, why don't you come over and play some Tai Chi? Why won't you say, he just can't <laughs> say Tai Chi. He just, I love how they, how do they do that. And um, possibly vying for top place for me is the cosmos skit is is i can't yeah. like i just can't yeah. hold it it's like the universe is like it's like a tube so what it it's like a ball so it's not yeah. it's not a ball you uh it, you don't want to put it in a tube okay <laughs> maybe it's drawing a little bit on that with my gag about sneaking <laughs> uh, next to Rico's house and every night i was showing him the universe with yeah. my torch on the wall <laughs> I'm shining a light. I'm shining. I'm showing your boy the universe. <laughs> I do this every night with your son. <laughs> that line kills it. <laughs> right. Again, right, needless to say, but fantastic. yeah, my friend, uh, what a great pleasure to have you on. Uh, I appreciate all the kind of awesome uh, tangent taking, all this fun stuff. But again, we're brought together by this common appreciation for this, and I really think it's gonna get lit, man. It's going to go off. We're gonna see Saber Athena do 50 backflips. The the world is gonna change. Well, I sure hope so. 50 backflips is a lot of backflips. It is. Um, I, 
If it isn't, that reminds me of Homestar Runner. He somersaulted away. <laughs> everything that looks like it's straight out of Neon Genesis. Yeah. I'm really intrigued to see how it rolls because it just looks so much more advanced. I know. And then November, November Ajax is like, stop, citizen. You know, crazy. Yeah, it looks like Atlantic Rim. And, uh, that's right. My friend, um, <laughs> I will tail things off. You are now going to be part of the very first um, uh, sign off of any Shadow Dome episode. So here we go. Um, closing comments. Um, the Shadow Dome is part of the Interactive Artistry Network. Please follow our outlets for Pacific Rim affiliated content and news. And I will now hand it over to my uh, co-host for the second part of this first episode, which we hope to have him and his uh, amazing um, co-host Richard on future episodes of this series uh, for many, many, many uh, weeks to come. Um, I'll hand it to you. Please describe to and tell listeners where they can find you. Hey guys, if you're interested in the world of Pacific Rim and also in the world of New Zealand, then you should check out Premier Quest Podcast, which is actually brought to you by currysuits.com, <laughs> www.currysuits.com. If you want a curry and a suit, check out currysuits.com. <laughs> it's it. a real website, by the way, so I know. Don't, don't think I'm just pumping a fake website. Oh no, I dig it, I dig it. And so is Kaiju Blue, totally real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Well, um, take care, everyone. Um, all the listeners, thank you so much for joining us on this premiere episode with our premiere quest uh, co-host. Yeah, hey, you've done a fantastic job. It's not easy wrangling people from all around the world. I'm sure it's going to be a good, good first episode. Really appreciate it, my friend. And to all, all our listeners, take care, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. This is our time. This is our chance to make a difference. Now let's get it done! That's what I'm talking about! In my focus, I wanna get it off till I die. In my focus, I wanna get it off till I die. They've evolved. And they could wipe out all life. Y'all remember me? Y'all remember me? In my focus, I wanna get it off till I die. Get it off till I die. I think I could get used to this. There's something you need to see. Well, he's pretty big. Buy everything you've got! What is up? Am I speaking with Rico? <coughs> Maybe. Maybe. Did I roll the R's enough? Rico! Uh, yeah, we dig that. Maybe. <laughs> Apparently, I haven't rolled them enough. What is up, my friend? How have you been? Pretty good. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic to actually, actually speak with you, dude. It's uh, It has been a bit of a process in the making, but I am very, very pleased to actually speak with you in person. And you have been patient. Same. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, lines crossed and everything. But you know what? I think uh, the best thing really is to just get cracking and sort of capture all the energy of you and me meeting for the first time in the episode itself. How does that sound? Pretty good. Fantastic. Okay, and three, and two, and one.
Well, um, I need to say, first of all, that I love Portugal and I absolutely am head over heels in love with you guys' amazing food. Uh, I know it's probably not real Portuguese food, but we have Nando's here and Peri Peri is like my life. I, I love it. So you're very, very lucky to be from that place. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. Hello. How are we doing? Can you hear me clearly? I certainly can. That is one awesome. of the clearest human beings i've ever heard well just across the ditch it's yeah, exactly yeah that's also something not to not to uh take for granted because with the craziness of time zones it's rapidly um taken taken years off my life my friend i can tell you that yes i bet it must have <laughs> hey i am already recording i'm sure are you i well? certainly am i was as deft as like a, a some kind of deft organism of some kind that i just like opened up the audio recording right on time <laughs> it's all happening yeah. um i just came off of a mini marathon of watching a luxury comedy you know noel fielding mighty boosh oh uh, yeah nice uh, i actually saw him live in Christchurch one oh. time when i was living down there it was so good <laughs> single big he told this fantastic story where he was yeah. He'd been staying in a hotel in Thailand. Yeah. And like he booked it on a whim because it was called a monkey hotel. And what happens is that <laughs> you, you share a room and monkeys coming in and out and they hang out with you. And he was like really looking forward to it. Wow. And then he said he like, he, arrived, he literally arrived, got his suitcase out, and a whole horde of monkeys came in, tore his suitcase apart, <laughs> and stole everything he had. I think he and got it. He was like, oh, God, this is such a bad idea. Yeah. So he is very much like in his skits and such, and such with his uh, characters, you know, the Vince Noir and everything, the yeah. uh, ever the sort of communes with animals type kind of character. And um, yeah. there's this prominence of like twisted like um kenneth graham on acid wind in the willows awesomeness but uh i, I can imagine the real thing being, being pretty distressing i could throw yeah <laughs> yeah that was like a real life crack box that's right well lukey lukey pookie sorry let's no, let's let's it's bloody good to be on board how how did the recording go last night obviously you can it edit did. this part out if you want yeah no please no no we'll, we'll I, I feel pretty good unless you're gonna drop any national national security <laughs> kind of crap <laughs> I'll, no. I'll edit that out but the rest i kind of tackle this on to the end but uh, no it went really well um it uh, uh it was very choppy and i was like nothing could be more pacific room than this like the endeavor itself uh being yeah. as fraught yeah. with problems and as like ramshackle and underdoggy tastic it was like yeah that's how you know you're starting a pack room podcast you know yeah well you do need that drift set up so that you can record simultaneously and, and at will whenever really time zones that's right damned. indeedy uh, did you have a listen to the uh the work in progress intro no not yet it's okay rather late here and everyone in my house is asleep okay that's totally fine i mean you could just blast it like at full volume and be like you know what i resented all of you anyway who who needs to sleep when pacific room needs to uh take center stage right now and then you would get Uh, get evicted i do live next to a motorcycle gangster oh and um gangster and, and he has he has sort of looked at me when I played the Pacific Rim theme too loud, so I'm always cautious. <laughs> yeah, especially when you're playing it in your full Tom Morello getup. I mean, I'm sure that might get on his nerves, you know. Yeah. You got the well, hat. I like, to, um, I like to pour green paint on the driveway and, and roll around in it until I look exactly <laughs> like Knifehead. <laughs> and he's one of New Zealand's largest meth dealers, I'm pretty sure he's <laughs> as well. 
<laughs> and then and then you know just because of the sheer tom morelliosity of your of yeah. your behavior you've attracted uh, many several uh, uh dreadlocked hispanic people that mysteriously start rapping next to you and before mm. before you know it know that you've 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 created rage against the some kind mm. of like kaiju rage, rage against the jaeger thank you <laughs> yeah uh, though you've just really described a pretty classic saturday for me in west auckland I dig it. <laughs> but what I'll do is I'll just go and kind of do three, two, one, and just sort of cut to you and I just sort of essentially just starting our own little section. So I'll just do that yeah, sure. now. And three, and two, and one. Thanks, mate. Cheers, mate. You're such, you're a ripper, mate. All right. All right, there's the Aussie and you coming out. Oh, All right, so what I am I going to call this? Shatterdome. You don't you don't want to shatter and miss the dome. You want to get it in the dome. You don't want to shatter around the dome. Now I've got a solid four and a four hours forty five minutes sleep, but that's all right. I can do it. You have already begun breeding resentment for me. I regret. I regret. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna. Uh, This this is exactly what we do if we have to record. um, Okay. Needless I'm going to say, save it to MP3. Is that all good? Perfect. And yes, send it through Google Drive. Really appreciate you um, um, going um, and get it. Uh, what's the email address? It is. That? You can send it through to... Um, well, you can actually just create the link, can't you? And send me the link if you like. But um, yeah, Albert, um, just go um, the Shatterdome oh, podcast. Yeah, yeah. The Shatterdome podcast at gmail.com. You're going to get my full real name because I don't think we have a proper G drive set up for the um, thing. But you'll, you'll work it out. That's all G, dude. Yeah, and there was also, again, I need to reiterate, zero expectation for you to have even gone longer. I was expecting, oh, 20 minutes with Luke, it's all good. You went into the hour, man. You are above and beyond kindred yeah, human no, being. Love you, man. I know Richard's keen on doing it, but he's um, he's a little bit more shy than I am, and I think once he listens, he'll be like, oh, yeah, all right. He's like the little uh, like um, timid sort of Bambi kind of like uh, little woodland creature being like, it's safe. You can come out now. You can come yeah. out now. Yeah, it's buck wild. Yeah. He's awesome. Man, sleep well, and I hope I haven't deprived you too much of sleep, and have a great upcoming week, and we'll catch up next week. Yeah, see you, Albert. See you, man. Bye. All right, dude. Legendary. Legendary live eternally. There's a beautiful anagram that I use to discuss the universe with my students. Universe, understandment, NASA, invisibility, vector, electricity, rings, and end. This is the end of the anagram.